If two people were headed to the same destination, but only one person had a map, who's going to get there first? Probably the person that has a path. Probably the person that knows exactly which way to go and where to travel. Well, the same rules apply on the mat. Everyone steps on the mats and wants to be a world champ or a competitor or get into MMA or just ultimately accomplish the role of getting a black belt. The question is, how are we going to get there? While it's great to have dreams and aspirations, let's not forget the most important part. Having a game plan. Figuring out how you're going to accomplish and conquer all your goals along the way. How are you going to get past your shortfalls and your shortcomings? Because they are going to happen. In this episode, myself and Laura are going to start talking about how to game plan in life, on the mats, in business, and all other aspects. Hopefully you enjoy the show. This is Tapping In. All right, we are back. All right. Roy, this week we're going to hit the topic. Oh, yeah. We are going to hit the gonna, topic. We're, we're not going to do what on. we did last week. <laughs> but I, I think it was a good episode, though. It was a great episode. I, it's just, it was one of those episodes that I just felt we were going to hit sooner or later. We're going to kind of noodle around like our sort of romantic pasts in a sense. And we just kind of hit and it. And we just went into like- That was there. Wives. Yeah, it was very cool. It was nice. Very cool. But two things this week I just wanted to, before we even get into the whole uh, thing, because we're going to talk about game plans tonight. Yeah. You know, strategy. Strategy, BJJ. Strategy in terms of building a business, making money, and strategy in terms of life in general. It's really, really mm-hmm. cool stuff. And I know you got some- incredible insight on even, all three of those things. Even more now, because I just finished uh, Tim Grover's book, Relentless. Oh, yeah, the cleaner. Oh, the, uh... man, cleaner, cooler, okay, and a closer. Love it. Cleaner is what you want to be in life, man. Is that what it is? Oh, what, yeah. Can you define one of the, those three things? So I, I think I, I might have touched on it last week a little bit, but uh, one part of the book he he talks about, he starts talking about failure. Right. It's crazy, because I'm like, man, like this guy wrote a book. Like I Literally, we... This is all our topics of our of our fucking. Like, I like, know somehow or another he's stealing it, our ideas. Yeah, I'm like he's fucking <laughs> subconscious. Well, you know what's um uh, the uh, the artist Ed Hardy. Yeah, yeah. He, he never sold his material because he said that he didn't believe in original art. Really? He said even if you've never seen it, someone somewhere at some point already made this. There's no such thing I totally as an agree with that. Thought. I totally, especially with regards to music. You only got eight notes, seven notes actually. Right. Somewhere you're going to find something yeah. that sounds just like. Yeah. Um, so I kind of think that's kind of what it is, yeah. like-minded people or you're going after things. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just nice to hear it from someone who's, you know, so successful and has worked yeah. with Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, this guy's work. So hearing his... He validates it. Yeah. It's just like, all right, so I'm not completely out of my fucking mind. Like, <laughs> we talked about, like, I've shared on the podcast how when we hit 200 students, I couldn't even be... Like, I wasn't even happy. Yeah. And he talks about that. He goes, a cleaner is someone who, when they accomplish their goal their their happiness and their celebration is so short-lived yeah. because they know in a, in a matter of a day they're going to go from their highest point right back to their lowest point. You always brought up Jerry Rice along those <clears> lines. Yeah, but he's like, because they're looking at the next thing now. Right. He's like, a, a cleaner will you know celebrate, enjoy it. Uh, I'm sorry, not a cleaner. A cleaner, closer. A, a closer is going to you know go to the party, show up, celebrate. Right. Yeah. And he's like, a cooler is going to be the first guy at the party, last guy to leave. Uh-huh. But he talks about failure, and when he says a, clu- a cooler, a closer, and a cleaner, this is how he breaks them down. When it comes to failure, a cooler will accept defeat. Okay. A closer will work harder. Mm-hmm. All right. In other words, I lost the arm bar. I'm not going to get this. It's over. Right. Shit. Right. Right. A, a closer is going to be like, all right, they defended the arm bar. 
Oh, give me that goddamn arm. I'm going to get it. Yeah. All right, let me do it. Just, just keep attacking the arm bar. Yeah. A cleaner who's someone that strategizes a new way to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. So now you lose the arm bar, you go for the choke. You lose the choke, you take the back. You take the back, you go back to the arm bar. Right. That's cleaner mentality. And it's funny because I was going to post, and, and you know, kind of like some things really, you know, really, you know, struck a chord with me. Right. Uh, a lot, the new algorithm for Instagram is all about videos and posting on your story and talking. So I was going to make a post like, hey guys, do you think I should start speaking more in my stories? I've heard you speak in a few of these things. I've, yeah. I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. Because I talk on the on the podcast. Right, right. I typed it and as soon as I typed it, I was like, you know what? That's not a cleaner mentality. Yeah. A cleaner doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm like, I don't feel like doing it. So yeah. I'm not going to do it. Right, right, right. Maybe I'll change my mind, but for right now, I don't want to fucking do it. So I'm not going yeah. to. But it's like little things like that where I'm like, yeah, man, but he talks about, but uh, so that'll, so that'll help with tonight. Like when you post these things, and, and I really, I have to apologize. I really don't know the, the terms on these Terminology. things. Yeah, I really don't get it. But when you see, what speaks to you as far as like. So I had a, I had a conversation with Tom about this because I really stopped posting a lot yeah. of my thoughts and my, you know, I guess like my motivational talks. Because now everybody does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just feel like my words are just more words in a sea full of words. Right. That have no meaning. Right. So right. therefore, I don't want to share them. Right, I got you. I don't want to throw them in the mix with a bunch of trash. I'd rather save them and share them for what it matters, which is a podcast. And, you know, Tom was like, yeah, but here's the difference. He's like, you have an academy. You have students. You have something behind your words. He's right. like, a lot of these people are talking shit. And it's like, okay. Show me your house. Show me your car. Show me what you're actually fucking doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you can say that shit and you can show it. He's like, there's there's proof behind you. There's substance behind yeah. behind your words. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I'm giving away a lot of words for free at this point. I'll keep some to <laughs> myself. kind of are. <laughs> keep some to myself. There is always that, that thing. Like I remember when uh, COVID first hit, these total fucking tools were like posting themselves playing guitar and singing these songs were they were any good and that's the that's the thing i mean i have such a chauvinism with regards to music it's got to be good to me and, and inevitably everybody's like bro are you gonna post something you're gonna put no i don't i just don't feel it because it's just it just feels douchey it, it, it's got to feel pure right it, yeah i like if i don't know the second i feel like i'm posting something just for the likes mm -hmm. i can't do it i know i know and it's wrong because i run a business right. and social media is the way to do it where i should do it yeah but i don't want to is that the whole goal with social media just inundate inundate just throw well, shit at the wall whatever you, sticks sticks you just do it until the illusion becomes a delusion <laughs> wow okay wait let me put that in reverse the illusion becomes a delusion mm -hmm. so you're saying like so you your dream Yep. Becomes you're so deluded with the idea of the dream yep. that it's working in your mind. Yep. You just keep telling people how successful you are, I that eventually okay. you start believing you are successful. Okay. But Got nothing it. has fucking changed. <laughs> you're the same broke motherfucker that you were six months ago. Right. Nothing has changed. And you see it all the time. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about like jujitsu and stuff. People do it with fucking everything, yeah. man. Every, they show off these. You can literally rent an airplane mm -hmm. to go sit in it and take pictures 
Okay, yeah, and I then think you like, mentioned that to me one on time. On my way to Cannes, on my way to the Maldives. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're on the way back into the New Jersey yeah. Turnpike. Yeah, you're back to fucking Long Island. <laughs> exactly. Shut up. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> that rapper Lil Bow Wow did that. He posted like himself walking up to like a private plane. He's yeah. like, oh, we out here doing it. And then later that day, someone posted him flying coach on his plane. He goes, <laughs> and he like he took a screenshot of Bow Wow on He's the private plane. He goes, he goes, Bow Wow's not on that plane. <laughs> Is there anybody that you've seen that has like sort of witty or or something that really catches your eye? Like, unfortunately, I can watch TikTok shit for like a half hour, forty five minutes at a time. I I watch a lot of so like I follow and the thing is like it's inst- it's interesting with Instagram because it starts keeping track of what you're liking and right. what you're following and that's okay. what it keeps giving you. Okay. So I had a conversation about this the other day with uh, Steph and a couple of my friends. I don't know what I did to my algorithm mm-hmm. where when I go search or I look for something, it'll be you know NFL highlights. Okay. Like like news. Okay. Breaking news. It'll be a bunch of like jujitsu videos, mm-hmm. guys training and stuff like that. Uh, you know, like fitness things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I don't know how this happened. What? Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry Styles is all over my like algorithm. And then what happens? Like the first time, I'm like, oh, I'm like, let me see what the fuck Harry Styles is up to. But here's what happened. I noticed that Harry Styles was on tour. Okay. And I watched one video of him. And he's singing one of his songs. And he does like this weird little move where like he like licks his like he like licks his thumbs, like almost like he's giving like a thumbs up, okay. and then he like high steps it backwards, and okay. the crowd erupts. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and then like the next day, there's two more videos, two more outfits. Oh, and, and he does the same. Right. And he does the same move. Oh, does he? So now I go on this like mad hunt <laughs> to find every video of him doing that. And I'm sh- so now after like a month, I'm showing Steph. I'm like, look, this is him in Quebec. This is him in Alberta. This He's is him the at the shtick. O2 Arena. Yeah, and she goes, "I don't, I don't get what you're talking." About. I was like, "That move's not organic." Yeah, I was like, "He makes it feel like it's like this random." He does it every night. Okay, she's like, "Why are you getting fired up?" I was like, "Cause he's a fucking liar." Yeah, he's full of I'm crap. like, "He's full of shit." I hate that. Like, I want story you... of my life. Yeah, I rather, I rather if you're a rock star or not, just be like, I rather you stand there and do nothing. Yeah, but be honest. Be like, this is how I feel tonight. Fuck off. Enjoy remember, the music. Do you remember the band Oasis? Uh, yeah. Okay, Nolan no, Liam Gallagher? That's what I'm saying. But yes. Liam had that one move where he would just stand there with his hands behind his back and just just stand there. Yes. And just sing into the mic. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the fucking world. Do you... Nolan and Liam Gallagher were so... Had such a tumultuous relationship, yeah, those totally. two. Yeah. Do you... Real this is a great songs. story. For all our young listeners, uh, Oasis are two brothers and they were British and they had some great songs. Manchester. Uh, what were some of the songs? I can't think of their names. Um, uh, uh, what's it called? Wonderwall. Wonderwall, Champagne Supernova. Champagne Supernova, yeah. The first but, album. Yeah, great songs. Great. So, but Liam is a full narcissist. Yeah, like, yeah. like he's famous. He was so pissed at his brother one time. Do you remember this? They were supposed to do uh, MTV Unplugged. Right. And he pulled out. Okay. He said he said he was sick. Oh, you're right. And then uh, and Noel, Noel did comes it. out and sang. And then yeah. in the middle of the don't performance, look, he, he didn't, don't look back in anger. Great song, yeah. by the way. And then in the middle of the performance, there's a heckler, it's and Noel Liam. he goes, "Liam, is that you?" And he's in the crowd, <laughs> like talking shit to his brother, like just look how fucking shitty this band is without me. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> they were, you know, there's no. I love a good British rock star. Yeah, but uh, they, Harry they, Styles, that country produces the best fucking music. 
which is kind of cool because I'm going to see uh, Queen. Well, the two guys left in Queen uh, in Who's June. Adam, uh, Adam Lambert. Lambert. Yep. They're and I'm going to London. He does to a see great them. job, and it's a really good show, from what I've heard. I sent my sister. Dude, I saw them. Uh, it's really amazing. I mean, I, that was the one band I missed in my life. Um, not they keep Queen Freddy with Spirit Freddy. alive. Yeah, I, I told you. I, the only time I quasi quote unquote saw them was when I was at Live Aid, and uh, I don't know if I ever told you this story. You actually. told me this. Holy shit! I'm you were the, here, and they were over there at the you know well, across the yeah, pond. Well, I'm at the forty yard line, <clears throat> and they weren't playing. They were playing in England. I'm in Philadelphia at yeah. this time, and I'm real. This is about twelve o'clock in the afternoon. I, this is probably about the the drunkest I've ever been in my life. We had brought in a watermelon filled with vodka, and that's old school. Yeah, big time because they allow it in there. Yeah. And I that's was just pa- sitting what, there. That's with, what parents do now. Yeah, right. like me and Steph and all our friends. That's what we do. But it's not for the kids. <laughs> but I'm sitting there. And it's fucking. It's got to be about eighty, uh, about ninety to ninety-five degrees at that time. I'm sitting there with my head in my hands. And suddenly I hear the opening chords of Bohemian Rhapsody. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh my God. And they had turned the volume up. This was the first band that turned the volume up. I'm like, holy shit, I like this song. Yeah. I'm just gone. They blew me away. <clears throat> There's nothing like hearing a band and you're like, it just stops you in your tracks, right? I'll give you one. <clears throat> you mentioned the band 30 Seconds to Mars. Great band. In our last uh, podcast. It's one of those bands I didn't want to like either. Yeah, because you, you're like, how, wanna... much, how much can Jared Leto have in his life? For you know, real. That's good, you know? Like we were talking about winners and losers. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. guy's a fucking winner. He's winner on steroids, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Jesus. So I watched, because I'd never really watched the band before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're right, man. He has a presence. He does. He, they were doing the song, The Kill. Oh, God. And song. man, I great like, song. that's real presence. And it was really, really cool to watch. If if you ever get a chance to it was like watch a Jesus kind of presence, you know? yes, he, he he definitely plays that uh, yeah that Messiah image yeah, when yeah, he's yeah, out yeah. there. No doubt, uh, he's got that Christ image when he's out there, which I think good rock stars do because at that moment, like Fuck they yeah. kind of are. You're at yeah. church and you're worshiping them. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they say kill that guy in the third row or something and like that. And you will, yeah, and you they will. will. That's got to be like. Like, really think about that. Like, you write a song on, like, a fucking napkin when you're super depressed about something. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. And then within six months, a year, if you're 30, lucky, yeah. 30 years later, yeah, you got 50,000 people Crazy. singing those words back to you. Crazy. What? Yeah. Like, bring me a change of pants. <laughs> well, that's I'm what, like, wow. That's what Brian May said in Queen. He said, we wrote these songs close to 50 years ago. At least. And it's like, I'm looking at people of all ages singing this stuff back to me. Yep. And it's crazy, crazy. But it actually brings up two two people that I really wanted to, that we lost this week, or not lost, I should say, that we lost in sports. Tom Brady. Oh, my God. I, I mean, know. What a fucking career this guy had. You know, and, and I'm, we're going to talk about this real quick because people are going to hear that we're talking about Tom Brady, but I'm not, I don't want to talk about Tom Brady as like a football player. Yeah. Think about what he accomplished in that sport as a competitor. Yeah. That like that's a greatness we don't get to see. Because most people who are very successful, we don't see them accomplish their success. Right. We don't see the pitfalls, the failures. We don't mm-hmm. see it. We got to see someone put in twenty two years of work. Leave with every single record. Yep. Leave with the most ridiculous records. Yep. When Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. He was the youngest quarterback at the time to ever win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And when he won his last one, he became the oldest, oldest. player. to. Like, no Crazy. one does that. I saw a thing where they broke up his career in three parts. And they're like, Tom Brady has played. Hall of Fame careers. Tom Brady has played three Hall, Hall of, of Fame, Fame. careers. Yeah, unbelievable. Yep. 
And then they were talking about, they're like, think about the guys that we consider great. All right, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. He's won one Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes has one Super Bowl. You, know. you talk about, they're like, uh, Brett Favre. Brett Favre has one Super Bowl. It's like, Tom Brady has seven. Dan Marino has none. None. You know, Tom Brady went to two. 10. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I think this one really blew me away. I think you said he played 22 uh, seasons. Uh-huh. I think he made the playoffs 20 out of 22 seasons. That yes. right there just blew me away. Dude, I'll put it to you this way. And one of those seasons, he was out because of his knee. When or Max seasons, yeah. when Max was born, mm-hmm. Tom Brady already had three years in the league. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Think about that. I know. It's fucking Newborn nuts. baby, he's still, he's already out there. Yep. Wow, you know. We're so lucky. I mean, I remember when Gretzky retired, same sort of thing. I'm just like shaking my head. Uh, you'll never see another hockey player like that. Mm-mm. You know, uh, just, it, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Especially with a sport with like Jordan. football. I mean, we're just so lucky to see these guys. Jordan. And, well, with basketball, you can have someone who can really take command of a whole team because <laughs> it's only five players, right? I think like 11 on the whole bench. Yep. So, yeah, we'll, we'll never gonna, we're never going to see another Michael. But we got to see Kobe. You know, we have LeBron. got to experience LeBron. Kevin Durant. Yep. Kevin Durant. Are they the same? No. no. Steph Curry. Are they the same? No, but you're seeing this level of greatness, you know, yep. where the numbers are kind of even. Kobe had five rings. LeBron's been to like nine NBA championships. Like yeah. they're doing great things. I mean, what my point was is that we're so <clears throat> lucky to see this. We are, but with football, man, yeah, it's a whole different. That's a whole, whole different, different animal. animal. Absolutely, because it's not just about being a great quarterback. You've got to have the right defense. The, the, yep. There's so many things a that lot have of to parts go in have there. To come together. Tom Brady's that guy. Yeah. Where he got to a level, especially these last couple years, these last like five years or so, he got to a level of greatness where it didn't matter who you were. If you were on that team, you knew all I have to do is my job and he'll do the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did. Then he went to a whole new team. Players took a pay cut to go play in Tampa Bay. Absolutely. That's how much they yep. believed in Tom Brady. Yep. They're like, Tom Brady's going to Tampa. I'm going to Tampa. Yep. Oh, but Indama Kinsu. Fournette was one of those guys. Indama Kinsu. Yep. Like, this team wants to pay you $10 million more. He goes, I want a Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm going with Tom Brady. Right. And I remember people like doubting that he was going to win that Super Bowl. And, and just. Oh, I knew right away. <laughs> I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. Yeah, me too. Well, because I like his story. Yeah. You know, it's wasn't an amazing really, story. Wasn't really recruited out of a high school. Didn't start until his like senior year and red shirts, red shirt senior year. Mm-hmm. Yet somehow got voted captain twice. Think about <laughs> right. that. I know. Wasn't even playing, but they voted true him captain. leadership. Says a lot about something in the locker Hell room. Yeah. Gets benched for a freshman, a true freshman. Comes in, saves the Wolverines' ass, yep. has the world's slowest 40, shows up in like the new balances, like he's like a 40-year-old dad at the grill, <laughs> runs a shitty 40, gets yeah. drafted in the seventh round, isn't even supposed to make the team. Yeah. Drew Bledsoe signs a monster contract, gets hurt. Yep. This young kid comes in in his second year. Nobody knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Wins a Super Bowl. And another. And another. You bet. And just yeah. doesn't stop. There are guys that I think about where everything almost came together for them. I'll give you some names like Troy Aikman. He had a, a really complete team. Yes. That he can kind of count on. Yes. Uh, Jim Kelly was another one of those guys. You know, mm-hmm. they had four Super Bowls in a row. Yeah, but how many did he win? That's the point. That's mm-hmm. what I was just about to say. There's something that Brady had that took it to that next level. One hundred percent. Yeah. And you'll never be able to measure it. You'll never be able to pinpoint yeah. what it was. It's something that is inside him yeah. that he was able to spread yeah. and just, it, it was incredible. 
as as a football fan, and I'm a huge football fan, yep. it was an honor and a pleasure watching, watching Tom Brady. Mother- I think it's also easier for me to say because I'm a Giants fan, and like <laughs> Giants beat him twice in the Super Bowl, so uh, it was easy for me. <coughs> Lucky, but hey, a win's a win. Hey, the harder I trade, the luckier <laughs> I get, baby. But um, it was great to watch, and I, I look forward to telling my kids and grandkids about Tom Brady, not just about what he did on the football field, but the late Incredible workout dude. sessions. Yeah. The you know. He, I remember he got caught. There was a story of like him, uh, like the janitor saw him like training one night, yeah. and he was like, "Hey kid, like we're closing up." He goes, "Oh, I'll lock up." Just so he, but then he told you, he goes, "You know, yeah. don't don't tell anyone you saw me here." Yeah, and they're like, "Why?" He goes, "I don't I don't want anyone to know what I'm doing." Just working, amazing dude, working, working. I'll even throw something weird. He was the first guy that handled the media correctly too that I saw. He didn't get flustered by them. He was always really cool with these guys. Well, he had that Belichick training, too. Yeah. Yeah, that helps. And uh, it just really, really incorporated. The other guy that I don't even know if you were a fan of, this guy was like a big deal to me growing up, especially musically, and it just really hurt when he passed away was Meatloaf. I don't know if you're a yeah. fan of his. Oh, Meatloaf was great. I mean, I just... Like a bat out of hell, yeah, let me go in yeah. the morning. And he was I, young too. He wasn't that old. He's seventy-four, seventy-four, something like that. But uh, he he was he was a freaking mess because of his weight and the diabetes and all this other shit. But yeah. I saw him in eighty-one, and it was just like I, you walk out drenched in sweat. Really, it was just one of those kind of things, and it's just I'm so sad that this guy died. You know, it, it's sad, man. Especially with music, and we've shared this before. Yeah. And like I tell people, like if you get a chance to go see your favorite band, go see go them. see them, especially a rock band. Yeah. You know, because you don't know what's going to happen with the lead singer or the guitarist mm-hmm. tomorrow. Those guys live a very, yeah. very wild life that yeah. we'll never understand. So he was one of those guys that just, he had probably the closest thing to a perfect album I've ever heard. And just... Which album? Bad Out of Hell. Out of Hell. The first one. And I, I just, it just hurt because I, I kind of saw this guy as a very vulnerable kind of guy. He put, mm-hmm. you know, he was a fat, ki- fat kid, fat guy. And he just put his heart out on the line every single time he performed. And it was so, like, intense. His voice was just, you could feel it. Yeah. That's how I judge people who sing. Like, singers, yeah. like, if I want to listen, it's like, I want to feel your lyrics. Like, I yeah. want to hear them. I want to know what you're saying. And I want to feel the pain or the joy mm-hmm. or the love. I want to feel that. that. Yeah. Some people, as, really as, great great as, they, as great as they are, uh, yeah. something's missing. It feels right. And it's that. That's why Whitney Houston was great. You could yeah feel yep. what she was singing yeah. absolutely like it's just like that's raw man yeah. like that's how you connect to people that's when you see like you hear someone singing you start crying well not me i don't fucking cry over that <laughs> you know when i cry when kids sing i hate the sound of children singing i don't even get me started Nothing. when i watch like american idol and i see this Dude. kid singing i'm just like get the fuck off first of all stage. first of all i want to yell at the parents like let the kid yeah. be a fucking kid exactly. because if timmy does make it to cat to the hollywood round and makes the show mm-hmm. do you know what his life is going to be yeah. like do you understand that mm-hmm. i hate when people are like oh my god have you heard little jimmy sing come here jimmy sing for our friends <laughs> i'm like tell your kid to shut the fuck up because no matter how good he is he ain't nine-year-old Michael, and I ain't yeah. even like nine-year-old Michael that right. much. <laughs> Little kids all sound like shit. I they like do. when my kids sing, right? Because I think it's cute. They're mine. It's adorable. Yeah. But I'm not like Benny. Benny, come here. Sing. This is Halloween for everyone. No, that's no because it's not fucking I great. Feel the same way. I hate kid actors. I hate kid singers. I I, I love kids, but I'm I love saying, kids. I but don't, don't make them perform for me. Exactly. I'm like kid. If I wanted to hear a good version of that song, I'd ask an adult to sing it. Right. Exactly. Because. 
I think the problem is with the singers is that you just know they're not feeling the lyrics. You know uh, they haven't lived the lyrics. There's no passion behind it. <laughs> so I'm going to tell know? you a funny story. So we were, my fucking, I hope Steph hears this story. It's her, <laughs> it was her, uh, her aunt and uncle. And we're in Virginia. And it was one of the, one of the little cousins. I think she was like nine at the time. Right. And they're like, oh, she's got such a beautiful voice. I'm like, oh, that's great. You know, I'm just, you know, we're all like, oh, wow, beautiful. That's wonderful. Right. And then her aunt's like, come on out here, honey. Sing for everyone. And oh, I'm like, God. oh, no. <laughs> and like, I'd only been with Steph for like a year at the time. And in my head, I'm like, I like you don't know. Like, this is horrible for me. <laughs> like, I'd rather <laughs> stick my balls in the sliding door and just slam <laughs> it shut than deal with this. So she comes out and, and then it's just like, and then it's not like just, no, it's like, it's like everyone in the room, sit, sit, sit. Everyone, yeah, I'm like, oh my God, uh, this is not what I want to do right yeah, now. Yeah. Cause it's like, now I got to like sit here and like smile, be like, oh my God, that's yeah. amazing. No, it's horrible. Yeah. She wasn't bad, but there were a couple things. The first thing that stood out, this girl's like nine, right. we're in Virginia and she comes out and she goes, I'm going to sing and I will always love you. And my first, I was like, she's going to sing fucking big song. I was like, she's going to sing Winnie Houston. She goes by Dolly Parton. And I'm like. Wait a minute. <laughs> Dolly was is like, a decent version, but not a Whitney like, version. I was like, what? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, Dolly wrote the damn talk thing. About, talk about a reminder we were in the South. I was yeah. like, we're just going to ignore that the best version was sang by a black really? woman, right? <laughs> so then she starts. And I'm like, oh my God, please make this end. Like, I'm sorry, Whitney sang it. It's yeah. done. It shouldn't yeah. be done again. Yes, Leave it exactly. alone. Exactly. You better have some balls if you're going to sing that song. <laughs> Whitney killed it. She killed everything she did. She was an amazing performer. I'll give you a great Whitney Houston story. Uh, it wasn't mine, though. Laney went to see uh, Whitney. Uh, not Whitney. She went to go see Jeffrey Osborne. Remember him? On the Wings of Love. That guy. Nope. No idea who that is. You know not, who Jeffrey no, Osborne? No, I'm going to play it on Spotify. Oh, that's a great song. Unless they chose to leave Spotify. He's, he's a one shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's a one hit wonder, but great song. Keep on she, rocking in the free oh, world. God, but take off Joe Rogan. Fun. How badly would you want to get Neil Young on the mats? <laughs> oh my god! Hey, all I, who, who's the who's the fucking Southern band that sang about him? Oh, Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner said it a long time ago. Oh yeah, Southern cool. men don't need him around anyhow. Listen, yep, they were talking shit about him years ago. Yeah, he's a fucking tool. Yeah, but Con- continue with your. Anyway, any rate, any rate, the guys. I don't know if you know this, but Neil Young is worth about a buck fifty million. He's like, he's I got believe some it. serious money behind Of course, him. I believe it. Um, but anyway, so she's warming up for Jeffrey Osborne. And Lane said that nobody was like, they were speechless after Whitney was done. She warmed up for Jeffrey Osborne and just blew him off the stage. Incredible. You know? That happens. Yeah. I've heard a couple stories like that. I remember uh, hearing a story, I think Rogan was telling it, where Martin Lawrence was opening up for like Chris Rock. Okay. Or he would perform before Chris Rock Love when, they were, when they were up and coming at the yeah, comedy yeah, yeah. store. And I guess like this one thing. Def comedy jam stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Mitzi Shore would do that. Right. Like if you're an up and coming comedian, mm-hmm. she would put someone really good in front of you and be like, right. go out there. Let's see how fucking good you are. Yeah. And they thought a fight broke out because there's like stomping. and Oh, hanging. wow. So they run out there. And no, it's Martin Lawrence. And the Killing people it. are laughing so hard. They're yeah. falling out their seats. He was, he was amazing. Chris Rock was like, I'm not fucking going out there. Are you crazy? Are <laughs> this you was crazy? really before Chris Rock kind of hit. Took though. off. Yeah. yeah. He was sort of Saturday Night Live Chris Rock. Yeah. He didn't really hit to like uh, Little Penny commercials. You know. What was that like 98, oh, 99, somewhere in there? I'll tell you exactly when Little Penny was because I had a pair of the Penny Hardaways. <laughs> yeah, that was 1995. Okay. They are re-releasing those sneakers okay. this year. 
take my money. I can't <laughs> wait. I got a couple friends on the uh, pre-order sites. They are ready to nice, go. Nice, nice. Yeah. Sean's like, yeah, bro, I'm always looking. So as soon as they drop, I'm like, let me know. I was like, Venmo, I got you. I got you. I was like, I'll add a $50 ca- you know, mm-hmm. purchase fee. Nice. He's like, nah, bro, I got you. I got you. Yeah, when he started doing that Little Penny commercial, he really took off Those at that were point. Great. You know, I saw Chris Rock at uh, the Stress Factory in New Brunswick. It was a good time. Yeah, I met. What uh, year was this? Because there is Chris Dude. before he hit it. And no, no, no. Chris this is Chris he after he hit it. Oh, this wow. is okay. 2014. Okay. I think <laughs> his first special was called Black and White, and he just killed it. He killed it. Yeah. I, it was, uh, I, uh, I was on the train, and I saw, um, who's the guy that owns the Stress Factory? Oh, shit. I don't know the name. Anyway. They're uh, in New Brunswick, right? Yeah, New Brunswick. Yeah. And I was looking at the guy. I was, like, I was like, I recognize him from somewhere. And he goes, oh, I don't know. And I was like, I was like. You're a comedian. I was like, you on the Stress Factory? He goes, yeah. I was like, dude, I was there a couple nights ago. I saw, uh, you know, that Australian comedian. I can't remember his name. He goes, oh yeah. He goes, I was like, I have a fucking great time. I was like, I had a blast. We sat in the front. We got made fun of. Right, awesome. right, I was yeah. like, you killed it. You're yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. So we start talking about the train. He goes, listen, give me your phone number. Give me your email. I'll get some tickets for you. Wow, and sure enough, cool. like a couple weeks later, I got an email like super secret show. And I guess like you just join like their VIP or whatever. Right. But it was like a, a secret show, Chris Rock. Chris Rock was oh, like, hey, shit. I'm in the area. I want to perform. And they're wow. like, okay. They're like, Chris very Rock's cool. here tonight and tomorrow. And I told Steph, no hey. kids. So it was very easy to clear our <laughs> schedule. We're like, clear the schedule. We're going to New Brunswick to see Chris Rock. you look Rock. at the calendar, oh, you dude. can take any Dude, he was, he was 20 feet away from us. Yeah, it's cool. It was phenomenal. I'm like, it's fucking Chris Rock. There were, I don't know if you've seen a, a comedy show recently. Have you? Like in, Like live? Yeah. We, I, I went to go see my son's, I think I might mention I this. think the last one I saw was Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, I love that dude. Love that. He does Incredible. a great bit on Passover that just fucking kills me. I just oh, about the, uh, leave, was, leave the catering. Let the, let the Italians cater. Because <laughs> 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 well, his wife's way, his wife's like Spanish his and Jewish. His wife is Spanish yeah. Jewish, exactly. Yeah. Uh, from Lo- the South. Lopez yeah. is her last name. He's like, from the South. He goes, I didn't know these people existed. <laughs> <laughs> he cracks me up. Obviously, Whippy knows we exist. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't want to get into that. But. Dude, they're so mad she got suspended. They really are. It's like, wait a minute. Why are you upset she got suspended? You guys are literally trying to destroy careers. Yeah, they really are. They really are. I don't, I have this. I don't think she should have been suspended at all. I mean, just fucking lay it on the line. This is what you believe, and I know this is what she believes. Yeah. Just fucking... Her opinion didn't change overnight. Exactly, and it's not going to change with with a trip to the Holocaust Museum. You know, it, it, this is what she truly believes, and it's like, you know, whatever. I get what she was trying to say, but she was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing. It's like, mm, yeah. well, it was yeah. racial. Maybe. to Adolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, mm, whoopee. Okay, whoopee. Yeah, whenever, but here's the thing whenever people bring up that subject, I get really, really fucking skeezed out. With it, like when they used to talk about Trump as Hitler, I'd be like, no. Okay. Be very I'm careful. a fan of Trump, but I, I'm not just saying it for that. You really, really need to understand that kind of evil before you compare this, right? You know, to, in a flippant way. Right. I, I completely agree. And that's what she was doing. Well, I told you I got like I got called anti-Semitic for that one meme that I posted. Mm-hmm. But like my thing is like I was like I'm not comparing this to the Holocaust exactly. at all. Like yeah. at all, this isn't anything. All I'm saying is, what would you have done at a time in history where people's human rights were being infringed on? Absolutely true. That was my only question. That, that's the lesson <clears throat> that should come 
from the Holocaust. Right. Okay, that it's a, you can't let government get that large that they take over people's rights. And for Christ's sake, hold on to your guns. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, that that's literally the only point that I was trying to say with that meme. And someone was like, you're comparing, I was like, I'm literally not. Yeah, those are very like, uneducated if you look people. At the, if you look at the two other comparisons I'm making, it's the civil rights, mm-hmm. which is, well, you know, blacks here, whites here. Right. And if you were like, well, this is fine. Okay. And that's a problem because that's happening today. There's actually... I just got a whole thing on Anchor about how we have to be careful what we post <laughs> oh, because okay. Spotify has all these new rules. So this <laughs> might be our last episode. No way, um, man. No, but this is there was a there was a charter school in LA mm-hmm. and they were making all the unvaccinated kids stay outside. Okay. They couldn't come into the building. Yeah, they were separating in Seattle too, I think. They're separating yeah. them. It's like in cold weather they had the that's kids outside. Segregation. Big time. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Over vaccination status. Mm-hmm. And some Absolutely. people, some people take it to the extreme, right? Where like you'll see like these memes where it's like a sex offender can walk into a restaurant, but an unvaccinated person can't. Yeah. It's like all right, you're taking it to an extreme level, but yep, there's a point there. The point is there. Same there is a point. With, there. Same thing with like proof of vaccination. You need proof of vaccination to come into a restaurant, but you don't need an ID to vote. Come on, you dude. Know? I don't understand the con- and that's the thing. I'm not. I don't understand the contradiction. You can't be for one and not for the other. They're being tribalist. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's they, like, this is like, what we believe. My that's team that. has this set of things. And <clears throat> if you go against that orthodoxy, you know. Right. And you yeah. know who's getting fucked? The people in the middle who have a brain and are like, can we talk about this for a yeah. little bit? Yeah. Just fucking allow free speech. That's what it's about. Free I want to hear your idiotic ideas. Freedom you of You know religion. what I'm saying? Like freedom exactly. to Freedom. And that's, Freedom. That's the difference between. I mean, no other country has our constitution. Mm-mm. You know, the United States has a very, very specific. Like Canada has, they'll put you in jail if you uh, say bad things about a particular uh, minority group. The United States is just special that way, and people really have to embrace that. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And it scares people. Yeah. When it doesn't go the way they want but it. But that's why we're special. Speaking of special, <clears throat> I'm sitting here. You're outside. You went before we started the podcast, and I'm listening to these guys goofing around, oh Danny and Max and uh, Ish and Ursh. Uh, Ursh. And, um, you know, uh, Dom. Dom. And I'm like, dude, how special is this to hear these guys having a ball, embracing the, the vibe of the school? They remind me how old I am. Well, because <laughs> like the stuff they giggle about, I'm like, oh, God, get yeah, out of here. How cool is that, though? You created this. I, you know what? I didn't create it. We all created this. All I did was put some mats down, have a few rules, and just kind of you know. Got it that I just way. appreciated the moment, you know, and I just enjoyed listening to those guys horsing around and and having a good time. And just this, we wouldn't be here otherwise. You know, I was talking with someone in the office. They were talking about how uh, you know they just they get so tense when they train, and it's this and it's that, and all yeah. this. I was like, do me a favor, do me a favor. I was like, look out the window in the office. I was like, do you see everyone out there? Right. And he was like, yeah. I was like, they're all laughing, right. having fun. Right. I was like, this is in your head. I was like, you got to just let it go. But that's a real thing, the anxiety. And, and of course, you know, you're learning a combat sport, but how do you kind of eliminate the combat? How do you do the martial art, but focus on the art without losing the more? And it's a balancing act. And Absolutely. unfortunately, it's one of those things where sometimes you're going to go too hard and you're going to get reprimanded. And sometimes you're going to go too light and someone's going to say, no, no, pick it up. And then right. it's a matter of figuring out what you're doing. Yeah. And it sucks. But if you listen, it's really not that hard. You it kind really of figure isn't. it out. It really isn't. 
it's like everybody that I end up going with, you know, like this was the first time I ever had kind of played around with Matt, the um, Matt Broad, Matt Broad. What a stupendous guy. I mean, just I his, love that kid. His jujitsu is really, really technical. You know, there's yeah. very, very little holes in it. it. It's just I didn't feel like there was much. And and, and very I, controlled. I, th- I think very he controlled. didn't know. But my point was that he didn't know what to expect from our school to a large extent because he came out of Gary's environment. And well, he knows what to expect out of our school because Matt Broad started training with me when he was 16 years old okay. at Brunswick. Right. So he kind of knows, but he's a black belt. Yep. And he trains like a black belt where it's like, let me see where everyone's at first. Mm-hmm. And then we adjust. Right. Because I saw him going with you. And at first, like, you know, he's kind of going, you know, he's treating you like a purple belt and like right. a 57 year old man. And then by the end, he's like, all right, I can fucking, I, I can step on the gas a little bit on yeah. this and really rev it up. But that's what, what I was getting at is that we were having fun. He was, you know, I he, had so much fun in tonight's class. You know, we were really, really kind of laughing a little bit. And I said, Matt, you know, after, after class, I said, I really, really had a good time kind of hanging with you here. And, you know, I hope he really feels that from our school, though. I mean, I would, I would think so because we're going to make an announcement tonight. Matt Broad's going to be teaching our 630 basic class on Mondays. Awesome. Uh, he asked me, he's like, I'd love to get in there and help out as much as I can. Right. So we're doing something right here. People want to come here. Yeah. You know, uh, so and and I'm not trying to. Blow and it's smoke not me. Up. And it's not me. It's no, not me. Dude, hang hang on. I, I don't want to blow smoke up your skirt completely here, but it is you when you're kind of telling these jokes while you're teaching the technique. It's really fucking cool to watch. It's not a boring sort of seminar. Do this. Do that. Do this. Do that. Is you know you'll stop in the middle of the technique to say and this reminds me of so and so you know <laughs> I stopped to pet Dom tonight right he's like he's pet him <laughs> he's like a little puppy every he is. he's the worst Uki he's the worst you know why because he's so like because he always wants to fight it or something I, not that he wants to fight it but like I, really, <laughs> I think he's gonna get yelled at for going slow and I'm like all right so if our partner bridges and he like bridges and shrimps and gets half guard I'm like I'm trying to fucking teach here, dude <laughs> what are you doing he goes sorry. I don't know what you want me to do. I'm like, just do what I say. Right, right. If my partner bridges, <laughs> bridge. But that's a hard thing, like to find yeah. a good Uki. Yeah. And like, that's why if you notice, like when Gordon does his DVDs, he's always with Nat. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's because they've been, you know, it's yeah. like a singer and a guitarist. You guys have been playing together yeah. for so long. They it's Brady, and, Gr- it's other, Brady and Gronk. Gronk. Exactly. I, you don't even got to tell me. I know where you're going. Yeah. It's a well-oiled machine. Yeah. It takes a while to get there, mm-hmm. you know. I still, can see that. I can. Still trying to find my like dream Uki. <laughs> I haven't had one yet. Well, don't look at my old ass. <laughs> no, I'm, every now and then. I thought you were enjoying it with Eric though. Bardachi's getting pretty yeah, good. He's getting really good. Yeah, he's getting really he good. Takes a beating. Yeah, he has a good laugh about it, and, and he kind of like after I do like the first move, he kind of knows what I want him right. to do next. Yeah, exactly. which is great, and it's not faking it. It's just like I need you to show what I want. Yeah. Um, he's such an intelligent guy. Yeah, yeah. Like he really understands his body mechanics and this and that. And he's a big, yeah. strong guy and you know, just I'll, cool dude. I'll, I'll tell you another one who's a shitty Uki and I love him to death. <laughs> Steve Worthington, worst really? fucking Uki. I'm oh surprised. my God. Is that cause he fights it or like, no, he doesn't fight like, like, all right guys. So if we're in this position right here, you know, I'm going to start looking to pass. And the next thing I know, like he'll throw in a butterfly hook or do something that I didn't ask him to do. And I'm like, <laughs> well now I can't do the move. Competitive. I have to address this. I'm like, all right guys. Well, so Steve wants to fucking do a butterfly hook. Let me show you how we address this. And it's just like. He's such a competitor, though. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Just, it comes naturally. Yeah, and like, because in a way, like, to demonstrate the technique, you have to go step by step. Yep. And it's like, it's literally step by step. Mm-hmm. Like, I go here, 
they go there. And then you can kind of start flowing. And then with the advanced guys, like now, you know, we catch this. I don't want to give too much away because then everyone's going to start fucking doing what I do. Um, but it does have to be kind of a well-oiled yeah. machine. Yeah. But it mm-hmm. takes a while to find one. And there's so many factors that go into it. Like you got to find an Uki with the right body style, something yep. that fits what you're trying to teach. Evan's like, a pretty good. Isn't Evan a pretty good uh, Uki? No, he's too timid he's and so scared. Like I literally <laughs> got to tell him like, all right, now get to your hip. He's like, okay. Um, Manny's okay. Yeah, Manny's pretty um, good. Vic's a tough one. He's a great Uki, yeah. but his body style just doesn't fit me. So I'm like, all right, guys, mm-hmm. we're gonna look for a Kimura, and his arms like the size of like you know my wrist. That's an like, interesting point. You got to like, kind of like match, this. match body types for Uki. It's got someone look good. Yeah. Now with certain techniques, I'll purposely use people that are smaller right. or bigger, yeah. just to demonstrate how it works. Yeah. Like if I'm doing a technique that involves a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. I'll use someone smaller. And I'm like, look how I can do this with control and not destroy, you know, poor little Taylor. Right, right, you know, or I'm like, listen, look how big Bilal is, or Paul Payne, or someone like or that. Or even you brought in uh, Brian the cop tonight. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah, I use Brian tonight. That's because I kind of want to just choke him. Um, <laughs> well, not for like a bad reason. It's like he's a purple belt. He's been here now for like almost oh, a year a and tough, a half. He's tough as a. He's a tough dude, and like yeah. when I bring you into the middle to be my Uki, that's my way of saying like I I want you in this tribe, man. Like, yeah, and yeah, unfortunately, yeah. like we all got to suffer. Dude, I've been choked unconscious while being the Uki. It happens. <laughs> sure. They lock the choke. I'm like, you know, like Haas would be like, you know, and like they can squirm from here, but you're pretty much locked in. And if you pay mm-hmm. attention, they just. <laughs> and it's like, why didn't you tap? I'm like, I was scared. Because <laughs> you're like, there's no way I'm going to go to sleep right now. I think everybody. But you do. The more you do this, it's it's so weird. Like one of the things you learn in this is where is that point? Where you tap. You got to find it first. You know, some guys like, like they'll push it. You know what I'm saying? Like I've never, I came real close to uh, blacking out one time. I was being taught the triangle I've one time. several times. And I'm like, all right, just take the pain, take the pain, take the pain. You know what I'm saying? And then suddenly it's just like, oh, wait a minute. My worlds are, cl- my world is closing and I better tap out now. Well, in some jokes, they come in so fast yeah. where you're like, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, Don Odgers put me out one time. It was so quick. Wow. And then, like, I thought I tapped, and we reset, and I was like, man, that was tight. And then I wake up snoring, and I'm like, did I tap? He's like, dude, not even close. Literally, he got the lapel grip. It was like a bone arrow. Oh, no. And it was a little modified. But the second he fell back, out. You're out, yeah. Like, lights out. And I was like, shit, like, I didn't even get a chance. Those lapel chokes, come on. The gi is fucking very unforgiving. (laughs) I always tell people, no gi is very honest. If you get it in no gi, you'll get Mm -hmm. it in the gi. But the gi is very oh, unforgiving. Yeah. You oh, are yeah. one mistake away from being fucking. Yep, lights you out. You literally have cloth wrapped around your neck. You're yeah, in a yeah. you're in a noose. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is that you're wearing. <laughs> and you go and you go. You get into the shower after after class. All the and marks. Like, everything yep. is all over you. And like, Top Mountain has a great shirt called uh, like a like a hickey, but it's like a hick gi. Oh wow! That's and it's very like cool. you know markings left after a choke. If you like that idea, Top <laughs> yeah. Mountain apparel. Check them out. They, that have, is all, very they cool. have all types of cool shirts. All but, right. So just getting to this, uh, the subject, we're going to talk about game planning. And we brought up some people that game planned very, yeah. very successful lives. Mm-hmm. Every person we mentioned today, from Michael Jordan to Tom Brady to Tim Grover to Meat Loaf. Yep. Just game plans. They had their, their set thing that they were going to do, their dream. Yep. And they really, like I said, yep. put let's, together a plan together. Oh, I got so it. much to say on this topic. Okay, let's so let's, let's, let's talk about game planning in BJJ because I guess what I wrote down were certain things that you'll probably just say, oh, this is basic stuff. But like 
to me, these are very important game planning things. Like for instance, you should have rounds where you roll hard and you should have rounds where you roll easy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's my first step in a game plan for BJJ. You know, like if you're advising somebody, what would be like one of your first game plan uh, things to do? My first game plan for someone in BJJ just or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu just to be successful is number one, figure out what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. All right, because when you walk in those doors, you I, I ask everyone when they sign up, like, what makes you want to train jujitsu? What brings you here? And some people say, you know, I wrestled in high school, or I wrestled in college, right. I really like MMA, um, I love Gordon Ryan. Just kidding, nobody ever says that. <laughs> no, nobody ever says everybody that. Everybody loves me. No, I get people, yeah, they don't love me because they fucking worship me. Um, <laughs> I'll get people in here because they're like, you know, I follow Tom on Instagram. I really like Tom to blast that. I do get, but we have a big fucking TD logo on our, on our, right. it's not done by mistake. Um, so why are you here? What are you trying to get out of this? Okay. Okay. Now we figure out the game plan. Then we go from there. So depending on what you're trying to get, we're going to set up a realistic game plan and it might not always be what you want to hear. It might not be, yeah, we'll get, we got a tournament in two weeks. Let's get you ready. No, this ain't the fucking karate kid. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to be here for at least three to six months before we even consider you doing a tournament. Right. Because you have to get two stripes before you even roll live. And I want to see control. I want to see a lot of things, but there's a game plan based on what you want. So your first step, BJJ, is know why you're here and know what you want. If you talk about that in terms of business, Mm. same sort of thing. So same thing. So with the school, and you have to be honest with yourself about this. I had to figure out what kind of academy I wanted mm-hmm. because there's different types of academies. No doubt. Then you have to figure out, does that academy give me the ultimate outcome that I want? Right. Okay. What do I mean by that? Okay. You'll see some schools out there that very traditional, very, very traditional. Well, that's great. You want to run that school. But what's the ultimate outcome of that? How many students are you not going to get because of that? Are you going to have a 500 student academy? Probably not. Right. You might have people that stick around for X amount of time, but eventually they're going to want to train Nogi. They're going to want to do this. They're going to want to do that. They might want to find a school that does that. Maybe you want to run a school that's a competition school. We're going to be a competition academy. Right. It's going to be competitors. We're going to cultivate that mind. That's it. It's going to be hard rounds. That's awesome. You can have a very successful school. How long is it going to take you to get to 500 students? Right. It's going to take you a while because you're going to constantly have people getting hurt. And unless you're a big name superstar competition wise, it's going to be hard to develop that type of atmosphere because what accolades do you have behind it? You got to have the bona fides behind that. You got to have it. You know, there's a reason why guys like Galvao and, uh, you know, uh, cyborg and those guys have all their medals when you walk in because like you want these, you train here. Right. Tom does the opposite. He doesn't put, he doesn't put any of his shit out. Um, but Tom, I wouldn't say Tom runs a competition school. He's got competitors. He's got guys that compete guys and girls that compete and they're, they're separate and they're mixed in there, but they, you get treated differently. Kind of the vibe I'm trying to do here. I want a school that caters to everyone that gets tricky. Yeah. How do you cater to competitors? How do you comp- cater to a mom of three? How do you cater to the 57-year-old guy that's almost retired? Me? Yeah. How do you <laughs> cater to all these people 
and give them all what they're get going for. How can I take someone like Manny and pair him up with, you know, Felicia Doty and be right. like, here, don't kill each other. Right. Like, how do you do that? How do you, it's, it's, it's hard. So you have to understand what you have to do to accomplish it. You have to understand the pros and the cons for each, the pitfalls that you might hit with each, where you might hit roadblocks, where you might hit resistance, because you're going to hit roadblocks. You are going to get resistance. There is always going to be something that stands in your way, and you got to find a way to go through it, over it, under it, or around it. Yeah. I mean, keep working towards it. You're bringing up a great point. You're kind of getting ahead of my thoughts on it because my second thought on game planning is whatever your dream is, poke holes in it. Say what can go wrong, what is not going to happen. So with your BJJ training, for instance, test out your your, your theories, test out your game. It's very easy to do that. But in terms of business, if you have a dream to open up, I don't know, a hot dog stand, Have people poke holes through it. Be right. open to you know the criticism that that uh, you should be open to. So I'm going to give you a perfect example, and this is something that uh, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm a big fan of Gary V. Um, crush it. Yeah, crush it. How do you use social book. media and all that stuff? That I, I have it in my drawer. Love that too. Um, it was one of the books that I bought when I opened up the school. But I think like he's really becoming a character of himself now, and he's like kind of a bit. Yeah. You know, that's now his thing. Like he's got to be Gary V. all the time. And that's cool. I get it. It happens. The illusion becomes the delusion. Right. You become the character you're playing. Lawrence Taylor eventually became LT. He couldn't. Dion became primetime. It happens. Gordon really thought he's a king. You know, he wears a cowboy hat now. But he said, figure out what your competition can do to take you out of business. Great line. And then fix it right. before they figure it out. And I was like, wow, he's right. So every day, try to figure out a way. What... What could happen right now that would take me out of business? Right. How could someone compete with me right now and I lose? Figure that out. Not how to get better, not because here's the thing by figuring out what can have you defeated, you grow and you get better. Mm. That happened here with this school, right? We got to a point where, let me adjust my chair. There we go, get a little cozy. We got to a point where, you know, I, when I came into Montgomery, there was nothing here. There was no, there was, you know, there was one jujitsu school, right? Uh, which it's a club. It's a jujitsu club. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. One there. And then you had one down in Princeton. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> and I knew that I would bring, I would bring the better quality. Okay. I knew that I was very confident with my instruction, confident what I was going to be teaching. I was confident in myself. Right. But I always knew I was like, uh, it's going to be a matter of time before another school comes. There's going to be another school. Another school's coming. Another school's coming. So how can I compete with that school? I knew I had to expand. I knew that the only way I could compete was with expansion. And the reason I knew that is because I had to beat the other school as soon as you walked into the beat door. Beat them to the punch. Absolutely. Yeah. So my thing was like, if a big name school comes, they're going to have a bigger school. And it's going to be nicer and it's going to have all the bells and whistles. Right. Okay. If a new school comes, they'll look just like my school and maybe they'll be cheaper. Hmm. So how do I compete with that? So I was like, I need to have the nicer school and the better school. Was that intuitive or did you actually game plan it? Where you I game planned it. it. Okay. So you when, when uh, I would drive up here with Steph, we would have to go to like Lowe's or wherever, go up to a six. And every time I'd point to the plaza and I'd be like, we're going to use that little school 
to open up the big school. Nice. Always. Yeah. It was always in the back of my head. And okay. I would I, you know, I would sneak in here, open up the doors, teach classes to imaginary people. Right. I knew it had to happen. So now, if a big name school opens up, okay, you're not going to walk in and be like, holy shit, I need to train here. No, because you're going to walk in here and be like, this school's pretty fucking nice too. Right. Our school is gorgeous. We have a beautiful school. I Absolutely. love showing off my school Absolutely. to people. I love showing off my school more than I love showing off my house. <laughs> I'm like, did you see the back area? Take a look at this. Look at our bathrooms. <clears throat> we keep it clean. Yep. Very inviting. Very warm feeling. So right away you walk in, we're going to beat the smaller schools. We're going to be right there with the bigger schools. And that's mm-hmm. just from walking in. Yep. You take class, we win. Yeah, the ambiance here is great as yeah. far as that goes. And the instruction is... So the next thing is if you're going to game plan, let's say your life, the first thing is obviously to dream big. The second thing is to poke holes in that idea. Uh, but what about the kid that's like has no clue about where he wants to go in life? Like he, he graduated. I was having a good discussion today with, uh, with, with Gavin. He's majoring in finance. And I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? I, I don't want to get into this conversation while I'm in, sitting there in my underwear. But uh, that's when the best conversations happen. (laughs) That's when the best happens. I've had so many great conversations wearing nothing but my underwear (laughs) in a room of other men just wearing underwear. (laughs) So what am I doing wrong with the mounted triangle? Let me show you. So I'm talking with her and I just said, okay, you got to focus, you know, you got to really focus on what you want to do, but keep your mind open to these other things. And, you know, I think you had your dream of the school. The kid that comes into BJJ that has a dream of, let's say, learning this art, you know, you poke holes in it, you test whether you're good at it or not. And I just think, but here's in life, people don't, I agree with themselves. I agree with you about poking holes in it, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to take it a step further. Not just poking holes in it. Don't think or prepare. No, no, for a fact it's going to get hard at a certain point. Right. It's going to suck. It's going to get to a point where you, listen, I, I, and I, I can say this because I reached a point where I thought we lost the school. Mm-hmm. That was the lowest I'd ever been. I was like, there's no way we, we there's no way we recover from this. Yeah, yeah. We can't, we can't do it. In a way, I really think that was so necessary because I reached out to Tom. He told me what he had to tell me. I reached out to the students. I told everyone what was going on. I was very honest about it. And getting through that and surviving, I really think mentally that took me to the next level. Yeah. Where it's like, you know what? This is pretty fucking bad. And here we are. You know, it's like when you first start fighting, you don't know if you can take a punch until you take a first one. Until mm. you get that first one. That's like, what I was I thinking. The analogy is like if <clears throat> like you're, you're caught in the triangle. You could tap, obviously. But where is that point where you... Fight through it. Nobody wants to. I shouldn't say nobody, but this is the biggest problem seeing. People see the dream, people see the end result. They put some holes in it, and then they fill up those holes right away. No, no, no. Understand, there are going to be things you didn't see coming. You were not prepared for. But by preparing for all the other things, you can be ready for those things. And it's not short term. It's long term. Yeah. You've got to be in it. You said something. We have a guy who listens to us. His name is Jim. Constantly messages me after he listens to the episode. I love his feedback because it's he, bro. We're talking like paragraphs. Oh wow, I'd love to see some of that. I'll show you. He was talking about you. He said, you know, Roy said this week that any martial art he did, he would do for four to five years, yeah, just to get to a point where he's like, I feel like I know what I'm doing. He didn't say to get good at it. He didn't say to get great. He said just to get to a point like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to put in some time. Right. 
He said, that's an old school mentality. It's called work ethic. He's like, kids don't have that anymore. Nobody mm-hmm. sees something and says, I'm going to work on this for four to five years just to understand it. Yeah. Not even get good at it. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. Uh, that kudo. He's a big fan of yours. Cool. Four, people want to put in four to five months. Yeah. And do just enough so they can post a picture on Instagram. Big, look at me. Big success. <laughs> I wear the same fucking clothes almost every single day. I wear a Montgomery BJJ t-shirt. Yeah. I wear sweatpants for two or three days until I got to change them. You know, obviously when I go out and do stuff, I got to like, you know, I make myself look pretty. But when I'm at home and I'm running to the school to get changed, and like, dude, like I don't got time to worry about how yeah. I look. I don't give two shits. That was the Steve Jobs mentality. Right? <clears throat> like you opened up his closet, he had the same outfit, the, the mock turtleneck and the jeans, mock yeah. turtleneck, the jeans, mock turtleneck, the jeans. Well, the thing is too, I don't wear my clothes for that long. All right. <laughs> like, I put on like the sweatpants, I put mm-hmm. on the hoodie. Yep. I drive to the school and I'm in a gi. <laughs> so my me, gis are fresh. <laughs> <laughs> so let me give you another one here. Uh, another sort of game planning lesson that I would advise is just like I only come to school two times a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I really value each training session that I do. And I think in terms of my life, I, I realize that I'm kind of coming to a point where it's like, Time is sort of running out in terms of career, in, in terms of uh, my BJJ training, in terms of, of making money, in terms of succeeding in life. Mm-hmm. I really have to value each training session that I have and really sort of take something from each one of those things. So I'm glad you brought that up because I've talked about this before when we talked about, you know, how to succeed in jiu-jitsu. I think we did a podcast on like, you know, the belt progressions. yeah. You're very honest with yourself about your life, your business, yeah. how much energy you can give towards certain things, and the reality that two days a week you can come in here and really give all your attention to it. Yeah. That's a great way to guarantee you'll get to your black belt because you're being honest with yourself. You have a set game plan. Yeah. All right. Telling me you're going to train three times a day every day for the next 10 years, that's not a good game plan because that is a game plan that has a very high failure rate. Right. Not everyone can do that. Not everyone can do it. Gordon does it. And even he suffers. You know what I mean? Like, the, and like you got to get to that point first. You know, we have guys that do it. There's guys that train. I know Tom talked about, uh, Tom's got a guy down there named Bert. <clears throat> he had to tell Bert to take a day off. He trained like three three weeks in a row. Wow. You know, I've had Max. I've got to tell Max, like, dude, take a night. You've literally trained a whole month. Like, every day you're here, you're trained. Take a day off. Right. You've got to have a game plan that's actually going to lead to success. You know, it's like, well, how are you going to work? Like, man, I'm just going to work on my business 24 hours a day, seven days a week and make my first million my first year. That's not a great game plan. It's no different to me than someone who's like, I'm just going to crash diet for the next two weeks and lose 30 pounds. That's great. You're going to lose your 30 pounds. Right. You're going to gain it right back. You've got to have a game plan that's going to sustain for long term. Right. Because while you're going after it, part of that game plan, like you're, you're suffering as well. You know, like I've, I've got the game plan. I gave myself five years. All right, let's be honest. Five years. I said it's going to be about okay. five years of me having to do both, my full-time job and the school. Are we still on pace for that? I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you keep hoping it's shorter and shorter. <laughs> but. but I understood what it was going to take. Right. I understood. And one of the first things I told Steph, I was like, if we do this, you're going to suffer also. Right. 
Wow, I was talk like, about are, managing expectations. I was, like, I was like, I, bro, we had talks. I was like, these are nights I'm not going to be home. Right. These are nights you're alone with with Benny. And if we have another baby, you're alone with that baby too. I was like, and we're not talking six months. I'm like, Steph, we're talking three to five years if we're lucky. Right. Are you willing to do that? And she said, I believe in you. That's a beautiful So let's thing. do it. But you that's a realistic expectation. Now, if I would be like, babe, listen, give me 18 months. We'll have 400 students. You know, right, we got yeah. this. Okay. Well, now what's going to happen at that 18 months? Especially if you didn't <clears> hit those numbers. <laughs> Bingo. Set expectations for yourself. I shouldn't say realistic. Really push the envelope a little bit. Yeah. And crush them. Yeah. Try to crush them. Set those benchmarks. That that's something you can strive for. I'm listen. I'm I'm proud of where we're at at the school. I get frustrated because we lost a year, and in my head, I'm like the numbers should be here. Right. But for where we are, with the amount of time we've been open. You know, and Rex really put this in perspective with me one day. Really? Rex we had were, some... Uh, uh, he's a smart one. <laughs> Every now and then when he I says, when he boy. drops some gems... He's my boy. He goes, me. He goes, dude, he's like, you got to understand something, though. He goes, look at where we're at. He's like, there's guys who have been running the schools for 10 years, and it's still in their garage and still on puzzle mats, and they can't keep more than 30 students. Great point. I'm like, holy shit. He's like, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, and Rex has been around. He's seen loads of schools. He's seen loads I, I, of Listen, I can't wait. We just had a <clears throat> uh, Mike from People of Jiu-Jitsu in here, and he's featuring, well, they're featuring a couple of students. It's going to be, uh, Max was already featured. Uh, Taylor was featured. He he was looking for a female. He's like, he's like listen, like, and, I, and I love that, that he's thinking of it that way. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, if you, he goes, I noticed you have a, a blue belt female at your school. Uh, I would love to feature her. He's like, you know, female, you know, women's Jiu-Jitsu is really growing. True. He's like they have. He's like they have their own little culture. He's like let's try to get some of the names out there. And she's great because she went to a camp with uh, Katie Hooven, and you know she's a uh, shout out to Katie. She uh, she trains hard and she deserves some recognition for what she's doing. And then we have Justin, who's one of our coaches, and I think Justin is he's a star. Yeah. He's a star in the making. He's he got is. potential to really have a very very successful jujitsu academy. Yeah. So why not start getting his name out there now? Absolutely. Max was featured. Max is a competitor. Uh, and then Rex, because I thought Rex has a phenomenal story. Like, why not really share does. that story? Yeah, Rex is a man. He's been doing it for 20-something years. I didn't see the Rex picture, though. Coming out. there, I think he's doing like one a day. Okay, cool. So those are the four. Those are the four that we're doing, and that's okay. why I picked them. You know, let's let's set up someone's young competitive career. Love it. Let's set up someone's future career as an instructor, because now Justin wants to open up a school. Yeah. Look at this. He can post it on his page right away. He's like, you know, Professor Justin Redna, as featured on, boom, that's there. Yeah. Taylor can use that with the women's community. Like now that helps her. Like look at my Absolutely. story. Absolutely. And Rex can show people like, look at what you can do with longevity. Yeah. Just keep showing up. That's why yeah. those four were picked. I love it. I love <clears> it. <throat> but even that, like it's game plan. Listen, it would have been easy to pick Steve, Max, Manny, and Vic. Like these are my competitors. Right. Or yeah. just the coaches. Tell the story. Yeah, the school is so much more than just that. So much more. Yeah, it really is. Rex doesn't compete. Rex doesn't teach. Right. Taylor competed at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, Justin is just a great coach. Yeah. I shouldn't say is just. He's a great coach. And I'm sure if he competed, he would do very, very well. No doubt. No doubt. But it's like, that's that's me now game planning for other people. Yeah, it's almost like you're seeing the, uh, the sort of the next step in this but whole thing. But that was done for me. I didn't learn that by myself. 
Like that's no different than when Tom had a seminar in Costa Rica and was like, we're going to start getting your name out there. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to put you on the poster. That That's kind of the next step in, in game planning in, in my, you know, the thing that I wrote down is to kind of get a sense of what the next step is going to be. You know, you're at this one point in your career, you're at this one point in your training, you're at this one point in life. Okay, what's the next step? What do you have in mind? What's, you know, where's the creative side? You know, what do you see for yourself in five years from now? So it's funny you bring that up because I just finished listening to Relentless. Listen, I listen, I can't read anymore. I'm running around nonstop. I'm in my car. I, I do the audio book. <laughs> I miss being able to sit down and read. So in the future, I'd like to have a point in the next five years. I see myself sitting at a house with a pool and reading a book. That would be great. Okay. But that's like a personal, you know, you know, vain <laughs> vanity goal. Um, but he says, he talked just about this. He says, you have to plan for your next phase. Yeah. Because while you're not planning for it, somebody else is. Yep. So by the time you get to that phase and you're trying to figure it out, this person's already figured it out and is taking everything you didn't even know you're trying to go after. He's like, you got to start thinking about it before you get there. Even in a non-competitive <clears throat> setting, like let's say it's just your career. Like I talk to people all the time and say, okay, what is the next, where do you want to be in three years? Where do you want to be in five years kind of thing? And it's like, it's, it always amazes me that people don't really put in that sort of thinking time. I'm constantly thinking. You yeah. think I did this podcast by mistake? No, I, I get that. But like, all right. Do you come up with these things, I mean, like while you're sitting on the toilet? Uh, do you come in when you're lying in bed at night and everybody's asleep in the house and you're just looking up at the ceiling? Like, what do I really want to do with my life kind of thing? I think I kind of always knew what when I wanted to do. When does that inspiration, that eureka moment kind of hit? Listen, dude, I was 12 years old and I told my friends, I just want to figure out a way to go to practice all day, every day. Okay. And part of that was me going in college and pursuing a degree, a degree in exercise science. Right. So I could be a gym teacher. Uh, and then that pivoted to this. I just see something that catches my interest and my thing is always somebody else already did it mm. or somebody else is already Modeled doing myself it. after. Uh, Why can't I? Not even model. It's just like, this guy can do it. I can do oh, it. Oh, I get you. Okay. Like it's been done. Yeah. You know, it's like that whole thing with the four minute mile. No, they thought it was physically impossible. Right. Until, who was it? Steve Prefontaine was the uh, first uh, one? Roger Bannister. <clears throat> Roger Bannister ran the first one. How mm -hmm. many people ran a four-minute mile after Roger Bannister? Yeah, I mean, it's now it's like a standard thing. It's a standard thing now. You know, college so, kids have so to do it. So what happened? You realize you, you broke through do the barrier. It. Yeah. That's it. You break through that barrier. Yeah. I'm not trying to do anything crazy. Right. I'm trying to have a jiu-jitsu school with 500 students. I'm trying to help my students open up their own academies. I'm trying to maybe get to a point where the podcast gets 10,000 listens a week. Any day now. We're getting close. <laughs> My goal for the end of this year is 1,000 listens a week. That's the goal. Yeah. Is that far-fetched? I don't so think so. Tell your friends to tell a friend to tell a friend. Kind of Share thing. the podcast, guys. Put it on your stories. And I know if you're sharing it or not because I follow, I run our Instagram account. Don't message me how great it is and then you don't share it. It's public. Share it. I love your podcast. Share it. We're going to make t-shirts. I love uh, it. We're going to make... Yeah, if you guys want some tapping in t-shirts, let me know. I'll sell some t-shirts. I'm gonna make some. I'm gonna get some made up. But if people want to like pre-order some, so what's what's the first thing on there? It's is the question. <clears throat> here's the story, or uh... <laughs> it's just I, I'm. It's gonna be on a baseball team. So okay. it's gonna be like a black baseball team with the red sleeves and like tapping in. It. It'll look like a softball team. I love it. School logo on the back, tapping okay. in on the front. <laughs> I love it. Here's the thing. As like here's the name the, right above. Here's it. the thing. Here's the, thing. <laughs> the next one will be like, let me ask you this. <laughs> so let me ask you this. 
Oh, it's not going to be my drug story when I... Uh, oh, my God. The I, 80s had the best cocaine. <laughs> It'll be you wearing a purple belt. Or me in my uh, my uh, perp uh, picture from the uh, Ardmore oh Police Department. That's phenomenal. That was a great story. But no, man, like everything I do, you got to think it out. And you got to think about how can you make decisions that are going to start help, helping people out for their future. Well, there's a, there's a great point that I always <clears throat> say to people also, especially uh, if they happen to end up in a revenue generating position. In other words, if you have your own school, uh, you have to be close to the money. In other words, everything you do has to be with the mindset of financially growing the school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't be wasting your time, you know, noodling uh, pictures and this and that and, and not have an eye towards what do I need to be doing every day to take my, my game forward, take my life forward, take my financial situation forward. And unfortunately, a lot of people kind of get lost in the uh, in the weeds. Yeah. I mean, that, when I roll with people, I'm always saying, what are you working on? What are you working on? Show me what you're working on. Well, that was one of the hardest parts for me, just because in the beginning, like, I felt weird charging people. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. It was awkward. Because in my head, I'm like, I'm like, God, give me 20 bucks. You know, because you don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you right now, today's price is not yesterday's price. Yeah. And there's a reason. Mm-hmm. I can't charge you what I was charging you four years ago. Yeah. Look at the old space. Look at what you have now. Look how many classes are being offered Absolutely now. Absolutely agree. Look at the quality of student right now. You think that's too much? That's fine. Go to the school that charges less, and you're going to get less all the way around. Well, that goes to the point that a lot of people don't value their <clears> own <throat> experience. You Listen, know? oh, man, I'm hitting wires, making so much noise. I was talking to a mom tonight. She was telling me that she pays almost $200 a month for her son to take a 30, a 45 minute piano lesson once a week. Wait, 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 take a step back. She pays 200 a month? Almost. And there's four weeks in a month. So she's paying $50 an hour. An hour. Okay. I used to charge $30 an hour. Okay. And this was back in. That was in like the, 1962. I was going to say, the, the, I guess prices haven't really uh, changed. I, I, I taught in the, in the mid to late 80s, 30 bucks an hour. So if you and think about with it, inflation, it's probably it. about right. I hated it. Teaching, teaching privates is tough, too. Oh, my God. Did I hate giving piano lessons? <laughs> Why? Why piano lessons? Why'd you hate it? Because the freaking kids would never study. And, mm. you know, I'd be like, okay, play this scale, play that scale. And they inevitably, they'd, they'd fuck it up. But then you see that one kid that just, like, makes it all worthwhile. You should give Benny piano lessons. I'd be happy to give him piano lessons. Drop mm. him off at Mr. Roy's house. <laughs> Pookie will be making him, like, Fucking cookies and exactly. shit. Exactly. She'll buy them a whole big thing. That's like, her thing. Like, where are you getting those breasts? Like, Pookie makes them for me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He might have a little knack for it. I so saw that, something the other day that said, uh, sports is not your child's only talent. And it had all these pictures of like a chef, an engineer, right. a musician, an artist. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. You got to be a Renaissance person. You know what it is? I was it's, talking to, to Taylor about that, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact. I, I said, you cook? You do jujitsu. You sing like a fan, you know, like a monster. Rockstar, it sounds yeah. fantastic. She's and a power lifter. And she said to me, she goes, "I really, really aspire to being a Renaissance person." Yeah, you know, I, I deep down, I want, I want Benny to be an athlete. Yeah, right. Do I'm I think sure. he can be? Yeah, but I don't want to force him to be. Mm. I just want to push him to be whatever he wants to be. Do you feel like though, like? You want to nudge him a certain way. Like when I talk to my son, I, I try and nudge him. I don't really try to like come down on him and say, you should do this. You should do that. Not really. 
I try not to nudge him. I mean, with jujitsu, he doesn't have a choice. He's right. got to do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And there's just so many good values that he gets out of sure. it. Absolutely. Um, especially because he gets babied by everyone, mm-hmm. you know. So here it's like, no one's going to baby your ass and you got to wrestle. Um, you know, he's got to get his black belt eventually. Although it was funny. I was like, Ben, are you going to take over daddy's school? He's like, yes. I was like, where are they going to call He's like, professor? Mm. Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, professor Benny? He's like, no. Professor Benicio. I was like, oh, cool. oh okay, we're I going. I like that. And I was like, Juliana, she goes, yep, Professor Juliana. And she's like already <laughs> like, hmm. But she's game planning. He's game planning. She really is. So yeah. is he. That's why I talked to him about like, what do you guys want to do? Like, right. how do you want to do this? I want them like, you got to start thinking like, it's not just wake up, you know. Well, Max actually brought up a great point tonight. <clears throat> we were talking about the kids of, you know, of. Affluence. Yeah, I didn't want to bust it too much. But he said he finds there's a difference between the kids that are athletes mm-hmm. and that take you know, coaching. They, they listen to their coaches and they follow these game plans and the kids that are not, yeah. you know? Well, Manny even took another step. He says you can even see a bigger difference between the kids that do team sports and individual sports. Yeah, that's a great point too. Because now it's not, well, it's not my fault. I'm a great running back. Yeah. My old, he goes, no, like you lost that wrestling match because – you lost that wrestling yeah. match. Absolutely. I could see that. You can blame coaches all you want, but you're out there by yourself. You're out there doing it. It really is. It's just you. There's, there's so many benefits <laughs> to sports. Absolutely. If done the right way. And I don't want to be one of those dads. I don't. No. <clears throat> no. I'm paying $100,000 a year for some guy to tell me my son's got going to be a, a second round draft pick right. in Major yeah. League Baseball. It's like he's ten. You don't know what the fuck he's gonna do. Like, he's like <laughs> parents get so invested in that. It's like, man, like your kid can be do so much more. And I was talking to someone the other day, and I was like, you know, I just want my son to, I want him to be normal. And then I call myself, and I was like, you know what? I was like, I take that back. Normal, is such a shit word. Okay, it's not real. Okay. I said, I want my son. I'm, re- I'm really kind of focusing on what you're saying here. I said, I want my son to grow up and be successful. And unapologetically content with his okay. truth. Okay. Be you. But be good at it. All right. I don't give a fuck what it is. All right. That's yeah, all I want. I mean, I'm kind of on the tail end of this. And like I'll say to my son all the time, like, is there anything I should have done different? And he always he always says to me, he goes, Dad, you should have pushed me to, you know, get into sports earlier. And I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy, but like to me, from the age of five to the age of 15, that's got to be inside of you. I agree. You know, like when I was, when I was that age, I was outside playing football every fucking Same. day. You couldn't keep me inside. Yeah. I was playing basketball. I was <clears throat> playing baseball. You know, I, I was just all over the shit, you know? And it's like, I didn't see that with you. Right. So am I going to force it? Yeah. I mean, I bought him equipment. I bought yeah. him a singlet for wrestling. I bought him shoes. I bought him everything. We're going to sign Benny up for uh, flag football. Okay, I love it. Yeah. Not because it's like, I want him playing football. No, it's because it's winter, and I need him outside running his ass off yeah. so he can probably go to fucking sleep. Absolutely. Because these kids have, my kids have so much energy, man. Yeah. And they're just like, the winter's brutal. It's brutal because they can't go outside. Because they're inside, yeah. They're inside all you. day. I got you. So, but that's, that's game planning. No doubt. It's like, let's start thinking about what we're going to do when it starts getting nice out. Yeah. How can I keep you active? How can we make up for the time? You know, he still comes to jujitsu once a week, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes twice, but I, I think the question busy. is, is, you know, when you grow up, you, you always have your problems with your, your father or your mother, mm-hmm. but they also have their problems with you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I didn't give my dad late. any problems. He wasn't is, around. You know what he's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, know what, I don't know what that motherfucker's complaining about. <laughs> I didn't bother him with shit. He, he nudged himself out of the picture. That's <laughs> real hard. Shit. No, I wasn't he, one that told you to pay child support. That was the fucking judge. <laughs> so, what Not we, like he paid it anyway. You fucking, <laughs> fucking dirtbag. Speaking of, do you want a uh, another uh, No, another no, no, no. So I made the switch from Bang, and I decided to get like Stewart's <laughs> Orange Cream. I had two. We're done. I can't have another one. It's way like this is like oof. I'm feeling it already. Because the bang doesn't have sugar. It's just like a lot it of just, caffeine. It just uh, wires you up. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And but that first was, time I tried that bang, I'm like, I gotta stop right now. I, you know, I was thinking about. I'm that losing my train laughing. of thought. I'm losing like you know what I'm yeah. saying. It was like the first time you hang out with someone who like you know does like drugs. <laughs> They're like, yo, man, what's happening? And me and Sam are like, <laughs> welcome to hell. <laughs> There are dudes in my band that uh, that smoke a lot. Mm-hmm. I can't do that either because it's like I just forget lyrics at that point. I, I'll just, you know, I'll go I off never, and hold so, the like, direction. There's, there's people that train. Like they smoke and they train. Yeah, yeah. I can't do that. No. I'm like, how do you, I would just lay there and just be bottom mouth all day. <laughs> people are like, bridge. I'm like, London Bridge? Fuck it. <laughs> like, London Bridge, bro. You know it's falling down, right? That song's about terrorism, bro. Aliens, man. I know where you're coming from with that impression. Fucking Evan will come out of nowhere. It's like, no, no. See, here's the thing. Like, oh, Max. Re- by the way, Max requested this impression. Max requested an Evan impression. It's like, well, no. You know, like, just watch Ancient Aliens, man. It's all there. It's all there. But then you're going to say, and people are going to think you're crazy, and no one's going to hang out with you anymore. And well, you know, Whatever, dude. But people think I'm crazy. Then it all comes true. It's all aliens. God he bless you, such, Evan. I love, I love that. that kid. He says such smart things, but he says it with such like a, a surfer yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. tone where it's like, are you <laughs> smart or am I losing my mind right now? <laughs> There's a little Keanu it's like in watching, there. Yeah, it's like watching a dog start talking to you. It's like He's I? like a mix of Stephen Hawking and Keanu Reeves. kind of. You know, I could see that, Stephen Hawking. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just really, really a bright kid. He really is a bright you know? kid. He, like, it's actually very impressive. And he's, a, he's, a, he's a great young man. I really like him a lot. I like Evan a lot. Well, that kind of, I mean, the whole smoking thing kind of leads to the other thing is that if you're going to go after these dreams, you better start taking care of yourself. I mean, I I know the 20s are all about messing around and throwing your body around and this and that, but I hate to say it, but when you hit that 30 mark, you got to start thinking a little bit more. It's one of those things, if you want to change one aspect of your life, you got to change a lot of aspects of your life. Yeah. You know, if you're like, all right, well, I'm going to stop doing this. Okay. You're going to have to probably change who you're hanging out with. You're gonna have to change what time you're sleeping. You're gonna have to change a lot of your habits. You know, just you got to change a lot of things to change one thing, especially if that one thing you want is. Listen, man, like I've, I've had to change my sleep patterns. I've had to change my diets. I've had to. I don't, I don't get to talk to my friends as much as I would like to. You know, even someone like Tom, like I got to reach out to Tom. Like, listen, dude, I know you haven't heard from me in a while. Just really, really busy. (laughs) He's like, oh, I just want to make sure. Okay, as long as you're okay, it happens. I'm gonna. I really want to get your opinion on this too. Oh yeah. Okay, you change your body, you 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 know, you're taking care of that sort of thing, but as far as your game planning, what it, like how do you change your image? You know, some people are going to think of you as a as this and you want to change it to that. How do you do that? Ooh, that's a good one. I know it's a good one. I, I don't thinking, really you know what? I really don't know. Because like when I was I'll just give you an example. I always talk about the fact that I used to tell half truths to my family mm-hmm. and it's like I don't want that image anymore. And I learned I will never say another 
lie to them again. My word is my bond. I'm going to fucking keep it no matter goddamn what. You know, it's just. I was going to say, I, I think before you change your image to everyone else, you got to change your image to yourself. No doubt. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm trying to think like. Like, was there ever a time you were unhappy with your image? Mm. Like you're unhappy that I, I'm not leading the life I want to lead or people perceive <clears throat> me not the way I want them to perceive me. So I'll put it to this. I don't think I was ever unhappy. I was just always very aware that people didn't know who I was. Okay. And that you there know, was more substance to you or something than. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I was always, even like when I trained like football, jujitsu, whatever it was, I was always like low man on the totem pole. And to me, when you're low man on the totem pole, you shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. You know, you want guys to notice you. Don't make them notice you by being the goofball who's running around or talking nonstop right, or saying right. all the things you're going to do or telling all the story. No one gives a shit. Right. You just make yourself look like a clown. Show up every day to the point where they've seen your face so many times that they're like, what's your name? Yeah. Now you get the rounds. Now, you know, for the longest time. You mentioned time, that with the, with the new, new uh, students in the class. Yeah. Just, you know, like, you know, earn your rounds and then start developing that reputation like, I don't think Tom heard one of my stories until, like, I've, I'd known him for, like, five or six years. Wow. You know, because I kind of just keep that to myself. Because once you open up that can of worms. So your image with Tom was just a straight-on, work-hard kind of student. Very quiet, yeah. I didn't, but then you changed gears. You opened up the, uh, the kimono a little bit more. I wouldn't like, say I changed gears. I just kind of started, you know, pulling the curtain back a little bit. Okay. And then it, it didn't change my image, but it definitely added more of, like, okay, I see who this is. And then with that, you know, you know, perfect example <clears throat> with social media. Social media really impacts your image. No doubt. That's why there's a lot of things I don't post because somebody else will create my image. Right. right. If I post if I post some of my political views or things like that, like now people create my image. Yeah. You know, Joe Rogan's a comedian, but now his image is he's this big anti vax he didn't create that. He's a social commentator now yeah. as opposed to just a comedian. Who sits with people and has conversations. Right, right. Right. Like not not even thought out conversations. Just like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Let's talk. People will create the image for you. And then they'll project it and eventually projection becomes perception. Perception becomes reality. So you have to be careful with what you project of yourself. Which is why I don't put a lot of my personal business out there. So I remember probably like 10 years ago, it was, it was, it was nine years ago. I remember I posted a, a meme and it was on Instagram and it was of David Hasselhoff with his like thumbs up. Okay. And it said, it's Wednesday and you love cock. That's all it was. <laughs> oh, and I thought it was hilarious. And I, I posted that. it within two minutes. Tom messaged me. He's like, is this what you want people to think about when they think of oh, Coach Miguel? Wow. And I was like, dude, it's just a funny meme. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you think it's a funny meme today, but what if game plan? Yeah. He's like, what if you choose to open up a school in four years, five years, and someone decides to look at your Instagram and they scroll down and see this? Yeah. Well, I'm not sending my son there. I'm not sending my daughter there. I'm not putting my kids with a guy who's openly talking about people loving cock. He's like, what is that? Right. And I was like, all right. I get and I it. took it down. And even though it was about one specific post, I realized he's right. Yeah. The image has to be cultivated. Every, and it starts today. It well, starts that's what, okay, now. So, all right. So that's what I'm talking about here. Because I deal with a lot of people with their <clears> careers <throat> and they'll be, and they'll say to me something like, I, you know, I want to leave my, my firm right now because I'm the guy in the meeting that's always cracking the joke and I don't want to be that guy anymore. Because everybody looks at me as, 
as a friggin' joke. Mm. And I'm like, you're making a drastic step. You don't necessarily need a new job, but you should really, really start cultivating a new image for yourself. Right. You know, a much more serious thing. Maybe, maybe you dress a little differently, a little bit more, you know, uh, serious minded. That well, way. People don't even understand like the importance of just the way you dress. Like I made, yeah. I made reference to how like I wear like sweatpants yeah. and shirt, but if no one's ever looked at me and be like, wow, he looks like a slob. Yeah. Everything's always put together. Yeah. I'm always clean. Everything's always clean. Yep. You know, today I had very a doctor. Very well spoken, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, today I had a doctor's appointment, you know, form fitting jeans, very nice boots, very nice shirt, nice jacket. It starts the second someone sees you. Yeah. And that's why it bothers me when people say, you know, people really shouldn't judge me for the way I look. They shouldn't, but they will. Yep. So guess what? Prepare for that. Yep. Prepare for that. Projection creates perception. Perception will become reality. Right on the money. And if you don't like that, what are you projecting? Yep. If everyone thinks you're an asshole, then what are you doing? I know there are people that think that I'm an asshole. And guess what? They're right. They are right. Mm -hmm. But why am I an asshole? There's reasons for it. Right. There's reasons for it. Some people will tell you that, um, you know, I, I tell my stories, I tell my jokes, but no one ever calls me a clown. Right. You know, there's a reason for that because when it's time to get serious, I get serious. And you can hear that in the podcast. Like I'll tell stories, I'll joke around, but when I get serious about something, I'm being honest with you about it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to back down from the way I feel about something. Right. Very firm in my convictions. Same image at work. They say the same thing. They're like, Miguel's great. They're like, but don't get him fired up. Right. They know staff meetings. They know if I'm going to say something, I'm going to say it. It's part of the image you have to create, but I dress the part. I look respectable. I yeah. look presentable. So I can get I'll give away you another aspect of it as far as your image, as far as your, you know, game planning. You got to get educated. Like so oh, many people just go through life and like, I have had, I'm so glad I don't read. I only watch TV. I, you know you, what I'm saying? You have to read. Yeah. You have to educate yourself. Learn from others who have done it before you yep. or others who are doing it in a different realm. Mm-hmm. Go learn. Go learn. And learn from both sides. Like oh, especially absolutely. politically. Listen to, to what they're saying on one side. Listen to what they're saying on the other side and make your mind up from there. I had a professor in college tell me what I, when I first started college, I wanted to become a lawyer. And they said a good a good attorney can argue for the case and also argue against it. Right. Beautiful you got to get line. both sides. Beautiful line. Learn it. Because yeah. that's the only way you can protect yourself and defend yourself. Yeah. That's why you see too many times the, the idea of an educated conversation has gone out the window. Mm-hmm. Because people start talking and the second you hear something you don't agree with, it's like, yeah, well, fuck you. You're a Trumper. Like, fuck yeah. you, super liberal. It's like, where is the conversation? Yep. Where is the exchange of facts and statistics and numbers and empathy towards the other person's feelings? Because people are going to feel about certain things because based on life experiences. And you don't know their life experience. You only know your life experience. Yeah. So try to understand where they're coming from. There's a great line. that uh, there was a, One of the best books I ever read was by a woman named Marilyn Vos Savant, who was the highest IQ woman of all time. Okay. Mm. I think she had like 198 or something. It's crazy, crazy numbers. And her line really stuck with me where she said, if you vote or you only know the same things you knew when you were 18 and 19 years old and you vote the same way or you act the same way, you haven't grown in life. You haven't grown. You haven't educated yourself. You know, there's no more school. You're out of school now. Or if you you vote the same way, understand why you're voting that way. Explain to me why you're voting that way. Understand why you're doing the things you do. But going back to what you were saying, or saying, saying, little Jersey accent. 
<laughs> and I've talked about this with Tom, and Tom stresses this, and he's 100% right. The ability to speak and command attention mm-hmm. and maintain the attention of people, that art is Rare skill. gone. Rare skill. People don't know how to speak anymore. Mm-hmm. They can't properly articulate their thoughts into word. And when they do, they just sound ignorant or yep. dumb. I can't tell how many people, they probably make a great point, but the second I hear their voice and the way they speak, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to give you a great analogy to that. Okay. You get these football players that come out of the league and they say, I'm going to go into broadcasting now. Right. How few are there that actually are good at it? Like how rare is a Tony Romo? Right. You know what I'm saying? That had a decent career in football. You know, didn't light the world on fire, but now he's a broadcaster and he's incredible. Yeah. Has personality, can express what he's seeing on the field in a way where the common person can see it. Yep. Understands the flow, speaks very clearly, gets his thoughts out in time. Everything's very concise. Chris Collinsworth, another one. He's been doing it for years and years and years and years. His son doesn't know. Yeah, I saw that. His Uh, son sounds just like him. (laughs) Right. It's wild. But what I'm saying is like he had a a good career, but so many of these guys want to do that. Jason Witten was terrible. Couldn't right do on it. the money, right on the money. Couldn't do it. Yep. I'll give you a great example, like a guy like Michael Strahan. How does he come out of football and create an even bigger career, unbelievably, mm-hmm. in broadcasting? Well, you know, because this goes back to the forty-five minute mark. What's the next step? Yeah. These guys knew early on what the next step was, and if you notice, like Michael Strahan, for example, Greg Olson. Yep. Very good sideline commentator now. Mm-hmm. But two years ago, three years ago, during the bye weeks, he would join the Fox team or he'd join this. He would do little side things. Mm-hmm. He was preparing for the next step. Right. Some of these guys don't. And then because they have such a big name, they're like, hey, come on in. We'll give you a shot. Mm-hmm. And they're terrible. Emmett Smith. Awful. Absolutely. I'll even say, I hate to say it because I love the guy, <laughs> uh, you know, primetime, Deion Sanders. I've heard him do a color analysis and it's like aside from a joke here or there i'm not enjoying it the way i enjoy tony romo right he's not uh he he's he's prime time yeah he's the image and I listen, i'm not listening to him for three hours <laughs> that's exactly the point so that that to me is kind of cool now we're kind of getting to the uh to the end of this but i just one aspect of sort of game planning is even though you're taking your career, your your jujitsu, whatever it is, seriously, just be a decent human being. For God's sakes, be kind. You know, help a friend, give a compliment. It mm. just fucking enjoy it. We're only here on this planet once. Just enjoy yourself. You gotta let dumb shit go. Yeah, yeah. It's Don't hard. For, it's hard though, man. You know. But here's the thing about being a nice person too, though. One of the things about that is like, we live in a world where it's so easy to judge other people. It's true. Or and you get shit on and it's like it's so You get shit on you're like I can only get shit on so many times. Exactly. You know, I think I think one of the ways to be a nice person in this world is just focus on yourself. Yeah, I guess. And so. if you can help someone, help them. I mean, even something stupid like this. The other day I was driving and I let a person in and Pookie's like, Why did you do that? And I'm like, I just felt like doing a nice yeah. little thing. Why not? Yeah. Do you know what I do? Number one, I do nice things all the time. And mm-hmm. I never fucking posted on Instagram. Right. I can't tell you how many homeless people I fed. I regularly, at least once a week, mm-hmm. I do this. I when I go to Starbucks, I pay for the car. Pay for, it for it. That's beautiful. Yeah, I do it all the time. Love it. 
Steph goes, you really do this all the time? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she goes, have you ever done like how much that adds up to? I'm like, just <laughs> don't even think about please it. Please stop. Way. Please stop. <laughs> you know how I know I'm making, I'm making poor choices in my life? Yeah. I'm getting soft, Roy. Yeah. I'm getting soft. Are you? Yeah. But why, why is that poor choices? Listen, because I'm supposed to be a tough. Okay, I got a tough. I got early you. man, Roy. Yeah. I'm supposed to be living on a ranch in Montana with my truck. I can't tell my wife. That, is that a Bruce Springsteen impression? I don't fucking know. That's what, we, that's what Cowboys talk about. I remember when I was growing up. Growing up in the Jersey Shore. Asbury <laughs> Park, New Jersey. Never a Fender guitar, Gibson car. It was always that goddamn guitar. Two at the prom. Have on two. <laughs> Said hello to her dad. <laughs> anyway, no. Steph. Uh, we could yeah. do that accent for at least a half hour. I I'd have so much fun. <laughs> Dude, when I first started dating Steph, like we moved in together. Right. And uh, she found out that sometimes I do voices. And if I do them for too long, I can't get out. Oh, no. And I get stuck. I haven't done it in a while because now we have the kids. But Benny kind of does it, too. He'll do impressions and he gets stuck. He can't. <laughs> I would get stuck. It's so enjoyable if when I would, you, you oh, find one you love. I had like this Italian guy named like, ah, oh, my name is Gaspacho Santofini. And I would just talk like that all day. And then I couldn't get out. So I would have to do an impression of myself until I eventually found my way back. So I'm like, I get how Hollywood actors lose their shit. But no, we I was here hanging out and I was like, uh, Steph, like, what do you want to do? Like, we're about to go to Target. You want to go stop anywhere? She goes, ooh, let's go to Starbies. The fact that I knew what she was talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. disgusts me. But oh, I mean, you, I, you don't like cliche lines like that. No, or, but or, the problem or is was that she wanted to see you pay something forward. Well, no, the problem was that she said Starbies instead of Starbucks, <laughs> and my response was, mm, "Starbies sounds great." <laughs> we got the car. I'm like, "Oh God!" Yeah. I'm like, I told my sister, she's like, "You guys are some bougie fucks." <laughs> yeah, yeah. She goes, "Just go to Dunkin' Donuts." To it, she's baby. Like, Just go to Dunkin'. I'm like, "No, I can't drink that." I shit. love being bougie. I love it. You know what I'm saying? I can't do it. I'm like low-key bougie. Like, <laughs> like undercover bougie. I dig it. I'm like undercover bougie. Like even my sweatpants, they ain't cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I only wear one. No, but uh, yeah, be a good person, man. It's so much, Life is so much easier it is. when you stop stressing over shit you can't control. Mm -hmm. When you let go being mad at people. And when you just try to fucking be nice. You know what I like doing also, just in terms of just making my life feel peaceful? I like connecting with people I haven't spoken to in a long time. And uh, Yeah. You know. I just reached out to my high school, uh, my no, my eighth grade reading teacher. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. She just randomly popped up like somewhere you know. I was just like, oh, as a favorite. goof, like if, to anyone that's listening, just try and like catch up with somebody you haven't spoken to in a long time. So funny story, Miss Fava, Jen Fava, if you're listening, eighth grade. I just always, I had to talk. I had to tell stories. I had shit yeah, that I had yeah. to get off my chest. Yeah. And eighth grade, she's like, listen, if I let you and Ben or Rishi, my two friends from eighth grade, she goes, if I let you guys just like get it out of your system for 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> That's what they said about Jim Carrey. You, she's like, said, yeah, she's like, just get it out of your system. You got to give me the next 30 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, well, what do you mean? She's like, just whatever you want to talk about, we'll have an open discussion. Very cool. Ask a question in class. I'll say, what are you guys talking about today? We'll talk for 15 minutes and then. I messaged her. I was like, just so you know, I literally talk all day now. I was like, I teach for a living. I run a martial arts academy. I got a podcast. She's like, I'm not surprised. Yeah. She's like, she goes, there'd be days where I literally had to force myself to to start class because I kind of wanted to see where you were going with some of your ideas. But uh, happiness in life. I'm glad you talked about being a good person. I'm going to share this quick story and then we're going to get to the question of the night. Yes, sir. It's so easy 
to get fixated on the things you're chasing in life, right? Mm-hmm. All the things you're game planning for, your business, your money, your work, your mm-hmm. this, your that. You get so fixated on it. I had a moment last week that just filled my heart with wow. so much happiness that I was like, you know what? Wow. I'm okay. And it had nothing to do with anything I work for. I'm home with Juliana. Mm-hmm. And my mom had just got her the uh, the yellow dress from Beauty and the Beast, the bell dress. <laughs> right, right, right. With all the jewelry. <laughs> she like did her hair. So Juliana's in this dress, all the jewelry, the crown. She looks so fucking cute. Okay. I literally think my daughter is the prettiest girl in the world. Love and if it. you're a daddy of a girl, I you should it. think the same thing. Yep. She goes, Daddy, will you dance with me? I'm like, of course. So I put on the song from Beauty and the Beast. And, you know, I like I like bow and reach out. She does a curtsy. Yeah. And we dance. We do it two times. It was the greatest the fucking moment. <laughs> and it was that's just beautiful. And like I could she's like looking up at me and like I could like, yeah. like that's my daddy. Yeah. And it beautiful. was fucking that great. That is so cool. And then so now it's bedtime. Like because it's right before bedtime. So you like, know she's gonna carry that memory. You know what Steph told me? She's What's like, that? she's like, good luck to any fucking guy. <laughs> she's like, you are setting. Stephanie's the, right on the money. She's with like, that. you're setting the bar so. so high. I'm like, that's the fucking point. Yeah. So now this we're is like, what real men <clears throat> are. Yeah. You want to dance? We're gonna dance. Yeah. We're gonna dance. Right. So I spin her. We do all that fun stuff. She's so I love her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now we're laying down because Benny's a maniac. And it's story time. Steph's telling the story. And Juliana's laying. We're laying on the floor while Steph reads the story in Benny's room. And she's got like her head on my shoulder. And she's like all snuggled up with me, still in her dress. Right, right. And she goes, Dada, when I get older and I'm I'm a grown up. I was like, yeah, baby. She goes, puts her finger in my face and goes, you're going to marry me. And I was Aww, like, I was like, say that to your mom. <laughs> she's like, mama, when I get older, he going to marry me. He going to marry me. And I was like, whatever you want, baby. Steph was like, oh, boy. I was like, you don't get to judge. Because look at that little boy right there. And mm-hmm. he's like practically trying to go back into the womb. <laughs> I'm like, dude, give it a break. I was going to ask you if you had a sort of a childhood memory like that. Because you're giving a great childhood memory. Do you, uh, and I know your old man was not there. but I have one. I think the have... best memory I have with my dad was him leaving because it helped me be a better dad. <laughs> No, honestly, I do. Um, what about I do. with your mom or, or something? Man, it, this is I. It comes up all the time, but like mm-hmm. I think I've shared on the podcast right away, and I've told my mom this. My favorite memory with my mom would be when she would work the 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift at the hospital, right. and on Saturdays, she would bring me a hot chocolate and a donut, yeah. and she would have a coffee, and she would sit with me, and we'd watch cartoons. She'd pass out. Right, but it just yeah. felt so great for like those 10 yeah. minutes. She was still in her scrubs. She was tired. But for those 10, 15 minutes, it was just us. And I also, at a very young age, understood. And I think this is the problem with a lot of people now, <laughs> especially this younger generation who grow up with you know parents that are successful. They see the success. They don't see the hard work. Mm-hmm. I was always forced to see the hard work. Yeah. My aunts, my grandma, they'd be like, do you realize how hard your mom works? Like, your mom's not here, so you can go to private school. Your mom's going back to work so you can get these shoes. Like She this was is so young, too. Very young. Yeah. She was 21, 22. I was five. Yeah. Like, that's, at 22 years old, I was like, yeah. 
I didn't know what I was. All I knew was I had to go to jiu-jitsu practice, and then Friday nights I was going out. Yeah. Like that's what I knew. Absolutely. I knew I had to find a way to make sixty dollars get a new one MX shirt from Express. She's paying for private school, so I always knew that there was a price to pay for everything we had. So when I would share those mornings with her, it wasn't just that I was hanging out with my mom. It's that I also knew how tired she was. Yeah, I knew that. You know, she didn't just come straight home. She had to go stop at Dunkin' Donuts, you know, before there were drive throughs everywhere. Right, you had right, to go right. inside. And this is like sometimes fucking cold days in the winter, too. You bet. You know what I mean? Like, you, like this became a part of her day just to make me happy. Yeah. And that would fuel me for the whole day. Because guess what? She was going back to work fucking later that night. Yeah. So wow. she would sleep till, you know, three, four o'clock in the afternoon. Get a lump in your, in your throat when you uh, tell these stories. Yeah, man. Because, you know, she's waking up at like three in the afternoon yeah. to hang out for like an hour or two. And then it's time to get dressed and go back to work. She was still a kid, too. She was a kid. Yeah. That's why I don't understand some people that can't figure shit out. And it's mm-hmm. like, yo, like, do you realize like what I've seen yeah. a 20 year old do? Yeah. It's fucking. So those are some of my great memories. But that's why like, when my mom's like, don't work too hard. I'm like, who the fuck are you? To yeah. tell me not to work too hard. Yeah. Like today, she's like, I saw, I had to go, I had to go to the doctor's today. And I happened to see her, like two cars behind me driving. And she's just, she's embarrassing. <laughs> she's honking her horn, <laughs> hanging out the window. And I'm in the middle of a phone call. So I, I'm just like, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Hello. So when I get home, I'm like, Mom, I was on a phone call. She goes, oh, Mr. Important, the legend, always on the phone. You're so famous. Who are you talking to this time? I was like, well, I was talking to some guy. And she's like, oh, my God. She's like, okay, well, if you ever have time for your mother, I'm like, yo, you're a mess. Wow. But. So there is such a thing as Puerto Rican guilt, huh? Dude, that's a real fucking thing. Because I know it's big with Jews. Dude, Puerto Rican moms. I know with the Jewish moms, too. Puerto Rican, it's the same thing. Same thing, dude. <laughs> and they start early. Yeah. Early. But, you know, those those are some of my best memories, just understanding how hard my mom worked and what she would do to just try to put a smile on mine and my sister's yeah. face. See, I, it's like the way I grew up was, like, my dad was always such a tough guy, and he was so fucking sarcastic with us. And it was never like, hey, man, I'm proud of you. He was always like, <laughs> you know, you, you're a schmuck. You did that. You're an idiot. That kind of thing. <laughs> and I probably was. But there was one time, man, because we didn't get hugged. Like my brothers and I always talk about this. Like he never sort of went to the games and this and that. I remember one time I had snapped my ankle or or really badly sprained my ankle in a basketball game. I think it was 13 or 14. And he comes out onto the court and he just picks me up in his arms. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I'm getting fucking misty thinking about it now. You're like, finally. I'm like, holy shit. And I'm just, "Mm." it felt great. It felt I, I smothered the shit out of my kids. Yeah, Juliana limits me to one kiss a day. <laughs> She's like, I kiss you when I wake up. I kiss you tomorrow after my I nap. I still kiss my son I, I, in uh, front of his friends. I do it purposely. Just like, you know. Oh, and I know they're all like saying, my dad, don't do that. I'll never stop kissing Benny. Absolutely. I don't fuck that. I feel like that's also a cultural thing too. Possibly. Like being Spanish, like it's not. Yeah. Like you give your dad or your grandpa a kiss. Like that's yeah. completely normal. Like, you know, we're not like French kissing, but like, you know, kiss on the cheek is totally fucking normal. Yeah, I'm very affectionate. I still give my grandpa a kiss every time I see him. That's beautiful. Kiss on the cheek. I love it. I love it. You know what's funny? Steph said that. She goes, I don't know what it was. She goes, when I saw you kiss your grandpa the first time, something about that just seems so masculine to me. Yeah. I was like, really? I was like, literally probably the gayest thing I did. (laughs) She goes, I don't know. It's just like, you just like, you just kissed him. 
like on the cheek and he kissed yeah. you. But it was just, she goes, I just felt like, wow. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm expressing my love and this is the way I do it. I was like, I don't give a fuck who sees yeah. it. I was like, if that's how I kiss a 70 year old man, imagine what I'm going to do to you, mom. You in <laughs> trouble, girl. I think All that's right. what it is. So All here's right. the question. Question of the night. Question of the night because it segues perfectly. Give me your three hottest actresses. Oh my God. Does it have to be an actress? <laughs> I, all right. Give me three, but they got to be known people. They got to be like, like known people, blue check mark on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, exactly. I, I have but to they don't know have who to be, they are. They don't have to be actresses. Whatever. They, I just got to know who they are. Okay. Can they be musicians? Anybody. Just okay. give me three hot fucking. Number one. Okay. And I've showed you her picture. I know. I know. Kay Adams. Oh, yeah. Kay Adams. That's a pretty girl. And she's an NFL. She's a broadcaster for the NFL Network. She's the host of the Good Morning Football Show. Mm-hmm. What's that just called? Good Morning Football, GMFB. Um, shout out to Kay Adams, uh, Peter Schrager. The purpose of this whole thing is that as people hear your three, I want them to go to to Google and like look at <laughs> like, people hmm. Kay Adams is my number one. Kay Adams. K-A-Y-A-D-A-M-S. Okay. Yeah. Hey K Adams on Instagram at Hey K Adams. <laughs> it gets to that point. big fan. Number two, hmm. I don't watch a lot of movies, so you know what? I'm gonna. I don't know her name, but uh, she's kind of like the flavor of the of the month right now because I'm watching a lot of Yellowstone. Okay, the actress that plays Beth on Yellowstone. I haven't seen it that much. Yeah. I've only seen the one episode. I think it's more so an attraction to the character. Oh, okay. Than the female, like the the actress, is very beautiful. Okay. But the character's also like, mm, I like that. She's not Dutton's daughter. Is she it? is. Oh, the one with the bangs? Yes. She, she, that's a British actress. Is she? Yeah, yeah. Her name was like Moira something or other. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, she's not that pretty, but she's a very cool. That's why I said I think it's more the character. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. The character she plays, I'm like, I'm attracted to that. Let's see. They're Let's really kind of like. So we got Kay Adams, we got the actress, and then I gotta pick a third one. This is tough, man. I don't spend so a lot of time. What about someone like a like a Sharon Stone or no? Like, okay, that's your era. I'm old, just trying to bastard. throw ideas at you. Yeah. Um, what about uh, what about uh, Cameron Diaz? Nope, that's doesn't do it for me. Okay, let's go a little further then. Uh, I'll give you one. Go. I'll give you one. Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, I love Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, a Kentucky girl. Yeah, she just seems very real. She's yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, she is. She's beautiful in a way that's not like too extreme. Yeah, you know, right. where it's like that's just like that's not. She that's seems a lot more real than like someone like Charlize Theron. Like I see Charlize, she looks like she'd be a douche in real life. Yeah, you know, like even like Nicole Kidman. Like they're beautiful, but it's just it's such a different. Yeah, like I can I feel like I can bump into Jennifer Lawrence at like a bar. And I don't even say, I don't, I say bars. I don't go to giggle. fucking bars. Yeah, like I could bump into her at like, you know, Applebee's. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. sharing a milkshake. Absolutely. Like I could you're see walking that by her. and you're like, yeah, hey, I know that chick. She's a great actress. Really, really good. Great actress. Very talented. Yeah. Super sweet. Always funny. So I would go Jennifer Lawrence, the actress Kay from Adams. Yellowstone, but Kay Adams. And the chick from Yellowstone. That's it. I would eliminate the other two from the list and just leave Kay Adams on there. <laughs> but what is it about her that like, Number one, I think she's very pretty. That she is, yeah. Very pretty. Um, she has, um, like Steph has like light eyes. I like things with girls who have dark hair and light eyes or like light hair and dark eyes. I like the contrast. Okay, contrast, yeah. I don't know. It's something I'm into. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm into. Um, so she's got like very light eyes and like she's a brunette. Yeah, she does. But I, 
she's got like a spunk. I love that. Yeah. You know what it is? I she, love girls that are happy. She's very happy. She's like got a lot of energy and she's a five foot one, 110 pound woman. Yeah. Excelling in a world of men. Yep. And she's running the show. Is she? I, she's I running the show. She's breaking down the breaking news. She's disagreeing with the co-hosts. Right. Like she'll go up there. And she's like, she goes, she like Chris Carter will be on. She goes, I'm sorry, Chris. She goes, love you. Don't agree with you. It's like, that's a Hall of Famer. You're yeah, disagreeing. yeah, yeah. You know, and then she picks like fantasy players and she kills it. I always love the- She uh, dated Ed, Danny Amendola. Not a fan of that. <laughs> There's pictures of them kissing. I don't look at those pictures. There is some great, you know, NFL analysts. You know, I always loved like Sage Steele, for instance. I thought that she was great. Uh, Who? Look it up. I'll find she, her later. Yeah, she's really, she was like pretty, but she was like, she really knew her sports. I love women like that. that really you have to. It's hard for women because you can't just succeed by knowing the stuff. You actually have to be attractive too. So that's very tough. And it's not fair to women at all. But Kay Adams does it all, man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Like I said, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, this is a great discussion. You know? That's my girl. Kay Adams. This, this kind of thing. People are going to look at that and be like, I get it. Or they're going to be like, really? <laughs> and if you're going, really? Fuck off. I like what I like. This is uh, I'm not like Gary posting Sage Steel. Oh, I love her. I love her. She's great. She has a ball doing it, and she's yeah. Just, I, I just love this chick. Yeah. She's no Kay Adams, but <laughs> that's fine. There was another girl that was that, that was doing it. Who's the one that uh, that did football as well, or maybe she did baseball? I don't know. But a uh, little Jewish girl. I forget her name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, we're at a, we're at an hour and forty seven here, my friend. So that's a short episode for us. Yeah. Literally. All right. So game planning. <laughs> I got a story about Kay Adams and game planning. It pissed off Steph. Because um, I told Steph, I was like, she's famous, but she's not that famous. And she's in New right. York. That's exactly I was it. like, I can really like, this, the, the podcast can really kind of take off. And with the people that I know, I was like, we could accidentally kind of bump into each other, get to know each other. Exactly. I was like, and what the if same you strike way you're, a- Same way you're banging into uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Jen- no, Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> is different. I could actually bump in. I got you bump into Kay Adams. Okay. God forbid she starts training jujitsu. Oh, forget about it. No, it's a wrap. She listens to an episode of Tapping In. Absolutely. I said, Steph was like, I don't like that because that scenario can play out. I was like, <laughs> I like it because it can play out, mama, and nobody would judge me. And I have to make an apology like Tiger, but like, I'm really sorry. Fucking Tiger. But yeah, Kay Adams, love her. She's smart. She knows football and she's cute. That's it. I like girls like that too. <laughs> so there you go cute and smart you know who else is me cute and smart my wife oh, and she's a fucking go, and she's a fucking fantastic mom that's awesome. that's it tapping in game plan talk to you guys next week see ya